and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Devil's Due. I'm your host, Carl Duty. Court is back in session. With me, as always, is the man who's cooler than Mary Poppins, Mr. Drew Celestino. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I know about that, sir. All right, I appreciate that. Same. Just slight, the same. Slight spoiler. Uh, <clears throat> what's up, man? How you doing? Good. We had ourselves a busy weekend. We did. Let's address that in our opening. Our hey, look at the opening look at the, statements. You're all efficient Surprise. now with this opening stuff. Like a ninja. How was your week, sir? Twas good, man. Uh, Friday we had uh, the 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 Cinco de Mayo's. Well, hang on, before Friday, Thursday. Thursday. It was you know uh, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you and all that. But yeah, that, that Star Wars business. Um, so at work, <laughs> I love how you love it. But you hate it. Yeah. I, you, you love it, but you hate like 90% of the stuff associated with it. Star Wars? Yeah. I hate the prequels. That's all I hate. Well, you... And, and you know... You don't like May the 4th. It's it's a silly pun, but I, you know, whatever. Come on, man. Appreciate a day where the, everybody like... I appreciate Star Wars Star every Wars. day, man. Come on. But I do... Hey, look. what Whatever. It, it's all good. So we had a little uh, sci-fi... Um, Star Wars sci-fi quiz. Yes. At at work, uh, we had te- uh, several people, like like four, 30, 40 people in the office came to you know partake or at least observe. So we had a team. We had nineteen people that that opted into the quiz, right? So they broke them into teams. So they had four teams, four teams, three teams of five, and one team of four. I was on the team of four. Okay. <laughs> Family feud style. We all, but four of us had to get up. That's right. Four of us had to get up front and buzz in, essentially. Yeah. So there were some ground rules, like you know, we didn't want people to like dominate. And when I say dominate, I'll tell you. Well, <laughs> basically, oh, if boy. you got the question, here's a, here, you okay. know, what let, planet let me, did Yoda escape me, to? You, you weren't me, allowed to answer. That. Let me just. Okay, so. Some some loose rules like you know let everyone on your team kind of go and get get a chance to to answer questions <laughs> and things like that and you know make it fair and to be so let me tell you the categories categories were Star Wars okay Star Trek DC Comics Marvel Comics Lord of the Rings Hunger Games Harry Potter The Matrix Back to the Future and Alien. So three of those you are totally three of those I did not have anything to do with. So I let my teammates, you know, take out take those on. Where where would you be in the matrix spectrum? I knew every answer. Okay, but I also but here's the thing. In fairness, I opted. I I sat back and did not represent my team for the Marvel portion. <laughs> Or the Matrix you, portion. You were the, the Yakuza guy in the white suit just standing back while everybody fought. Come on, Marge. You know when he does something, it's going to be good. More like I was biting through my lip because no one knew the answers to the Matrix questions, and I knew all of them. So, like, and I, when I say no one, I mean no one in yeah, on any team knew these answers. But I did. So, put it this way. Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Comics, uh... Alien, the the ones I actively did partake in, Back to the Future. Yeah, it was domination, dude. It was a slaughter, <laughs> and I purposefully opted out of the Marvel one out of respect. <laughs> Had I stayed in, you wanted to be a competition. I could, it could, I I could have went undefeated. I could have 
I could have run the table <laughs> if not for Hunger Games and all that business and yeah. that stuff. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even fair, dude. It just became me against the field at a certain point. Quiz, quiz Drew. He will, he will in, dominate in you. In that scenario, I will bet you. It was, it was pretty awesome. I felt bad, but at the same time, if I wasn't there, it would have been a whole bunch of questions getting asked with no one knowing the answers. <laughs> no one. So, big ups, dude. I, my, 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 my childhood paid off. <laughs> Way to go, you. Years of awkward crying myself to sleep paid off. It was great. Anyway, nice. that was Thursday. Then Friday. Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night. You went out and did something. I did? With some people. That's right. That was the same day. Oh, my God, dude. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. We're going to get all into that business in this, yeah. in this episode here. So we'll save. We'll, we'll couch that for him. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got my stamp of approval in a big, bad way. Uh, Friday, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. At your place. At my place. Tacos. At my hacienda. I see what you did there. Tacos. What did you think of the tacos? They were good. I know you are a stern um, critic of- Of tacos? Of everything. Uh, but <laughs> this food, is true. food being in that- Oh, no. They were fantastic, too. dude. Did good. You, you done good. Okay. I, was, I, I had two or three of them. I was so. disappointed in chicken. chicken because I fine. couldn't grill it. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, yeah, it tasted fine, but, you know, there's that, that grilling taste that really... The Mother Nature uh, drowned us the last uh, yeah, uh, week, yeah. so... Did gr- you see my backyard? I swam in your backyard, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a pool, folks. It's bad. It's bad. Um, no, it was good, man. I don't think everyone appreciated Machete as much as we did. Ma- machete. 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 But uh, I hadn't seen it in a while. It's still... It's, it's still... Horribly great. It's great. <laughs> Love it. But I think you did actually turn someone new onto it. Yeah, Paul. Yeah. Friend Paul. He'd never seen it before. Well, he did now. Yep. Yep. And some people get it, some people don't. I, I love my wife. She doesn't get it. No. Love Sharknado, though. Doesn't like Machete. Oh. I don't. Okay. Eh. I'm puzzled, but all right. Let's pass on that. Um,. Saturday and Sunday, sir. Saturday, I got to partake in my first wrestling event, formal wrestling event. Yes. Uh, I got to do ring introduction for Salvatore Morocco at the uh, MFW event in Gowanda. Um, And I also got to uh, interject myself into the proceedings in the finish of the match. I forgot your comic book. It's okay. We'll get to that. Um. So yeah, I, I, had, yeah, I, I, had, uh, I had quite a little adventure. Did you hit someone with a chair? No, but I did uh, throw did some, give him the ring bell. I did. I threw something into the ring to distract the referee. Who I, I got up on the apron. I got to jaw with the ref and get into a little tussle. Nice. And then I got tossed out. I got I got ejected. I didn't take any bumps or anything, but I I did. It was fun. That's awesome. It was kind of weird, man. A little, like a little bit of a dream come true there. A little bit. And I don't think it's going to be the last time either. I think I might get called back to do some more spots. You'd be a so manager? I could definitely be a heel manager. I would love to be a heel manager. It was it was a good time. What uh grandmas and little kids, dude? Oh, they yell. Oh. <laughs> Grandma was Were you were you getting were you getting pop? Dude. These kids were letting me have it. They were talking smack. Gra- grandma <laughs> was giving me a hard time. Oh my this grandmother, my God, it was real as hell to her. 
unbelievable. It was great. It was fantastic. That's awesome. So that was fun. Um, Sunday, continuing the theme, uh, Jay Gelsimino and I and our friend Troy, we uh, went to Toronto for the NJPW ROH War of the Worlds show. Yes, yes. How was that? First half of the card was underwhelming. Um, here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. And then I'll get into uh, kind of. I'll give you the lay of the land. But let me tell you the, the the gist of the show. The problem is, ROH is not what it once was, because basically their talent has been poached by everyone over the years, and they haven't really restocked the cupboard, so to speak. Um, they don't have a roster deep enough to hang and have quality matches with NJPW guys. So NJPW guys are too good for 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 these these ROH gotcha. shows. So like Naito and Bushi were in a tag match against uh, this tag team called the Kingdom. The Kingdom stink. They were terrible. It was slop fest. And Naito is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I'm sure, there's probably also a language barrier there too. Uh. No, because a lot of these guys, Japanese guys especially, they were, when when they get to that level, they have already gone on their what they call their excursion, where they they come out of training and they send them abroad. They send them purposely abroad to learn abroad, and they come back to Japan to be, continue their careers. So they wrestling kind of it's 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 a weird kind of universal language. I don't know how they do it in the in the ring when they're calling spots, but they know enough to do to work. Yeah, it was just a slop fest. These the, the kingdom guys were sloppy. It was very disappointing from because like, Naito is like Jay's Jay's idol, so you know him having a a, a bum match on this card was very disappointing no. for him and for me. But 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 the second half of the of the card, the intermission after the intermission, hot fire, sir, hot fire. Jay Lethal and Kushida put on a thirty minute clinic. It was awesome. Um, fantastic match, fantastic match, and then in his only appearance in North America, Kenny Omega, along with the Young Bucks, who collectively are known as the Elite, took on uh, ROH champion Chris Daniels, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan over the years. Not anymore. But Isn't Tanahashi the one that Kenny Omega had that great match with? That's Okada. Wrestling? Okada was not there, unfortunately. Okada's the champ. He he has champ things to do in Japan. But but Tanahashi was the champ, and he was the ace of the company for like a decade. He's still one of the best wrestlers in the world by, by a, a mile. This main event was insane. It was amazing. Save the show. Worth the trip by far. Kenny and the Bucks... Leviathan over, dude. Crowd was hot for them. They are probably the hottest thing in wrestling outside of the WWE. Maybe hotter than anybody in the WWE. Uh, Surely not Seth Rollins. uh, Dude, Rollins, more people might know who he is, but I guarantee that he's not more over than Kenny Omega in the Bucks. (laughs) So it was awesome. Kenny Omega and the Bucks can are 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 liquid fire. They they're, they're oh my god, dude! It was just it was amazing. Um, we got there early, and a lot of the talent, including Kenny and the Bucks, were uh, 
on the floor at merch tables for yeah. autographs and pictures. So here's the deal. Here's how this worked out. Uh, 30 bucks per picture with a guy. 10 bucks for autographs. Um, 40 bucks, I think it was, for a picture with the Young Bucks, because there's two of them. So uh, I don't even know what it costs to get a picture with all of the Elite, because they were all together, Kenny and the Bucks. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Kenny and the Bucks cleared 10 grand on wow. photos alone before the show. I'm just guessing, but if I had to guess, they cleared 10 grand easy just on photos. Nice. Their line was basically there was two lines. There was the Kenny and the Bucks line and there was everyone else. Crickets. And the Kenny and the Bucks line was longer. <laughs> and it sh- it wasn't crickets for the other guy. Naito was Naito was doing autographs. Yeah. Tanahashi was doing autographs. I mean, it, uh 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 Kashida like, you know, the guys were there. It was cool. But Kenny and the Bucks dude were the rock stars of the show. And it showed. Those guys are it's it they're big. They're it's big. It's I big. I probably would have just asked Kenny some Street Fighter questions. <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah, you he would have loved that. We didn't uh, we did not partake in the in the lineup. But I but we were we saw them. It was man, it was it was awesome. It was nice. very awesome. And ROH must hate money. Like they must not like making the money because the merchandise selection was very poor. Like they had they had merch, but the shirts they had available were kinda like eh. And they packed up all the merch. There was no merch available after the intermission. Hmm. So, you know, like when you go to a concert and the concert's over, you go to the merchandise table because you don't want to carry stuff around during the show. You want to, show's over, yeah. hit the table, go home with, with st- no. Spend 50 bucks on t-shirts. Right. No. No. No merch to, to close the show. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Just just light that money on fire, ROH. It's a wonder <laughs> that your your status as a company is, 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 in, is in decline. Is ROH uh, the one that Billy Corgan runs? No, he doesn't run anything anymore. Okay. Uh, anyway, that was it. Was super fun though. Uh, we had some slight problems getting home thanks to the QEW being closed at a certain point, and we couldn't get back to the Rainbow Bridge easily. But that's another story for the time. And we can you can <laughs> that's let tale for another podcast. Let Jay uh, talk about that. I have spoken enough, sir. How was your week? My week. Uh, week week was good. Like your week pretty much started on Thursday with the uh, May the 4th be with you. My work didn't really do anything officially, but I took it upon myself to dress appropriately for uh, the day. R- robes um, of some kind? No, I just had the... Uh, I found a neat Tatooine t-shirt. Oh, okay. It's like a, like a vacation postcard Tatooine kind of picture on it. Um, wore my Rebel Alliance hat and Brought my R2-D2 coffee mug in. Swapped out my Daredevil coffee mug. Blasphemy. I got a lot of coffee mugs. I like to, <laughs> like to keep a rotation going. All right. Um, so that was good. Thursday night, one saw Guardians. Uh, obviously, like I said, we will get to that. Uh, for those of you concerned, there will be no spoilers for Guardians up until we say there are spoilers. And there so will be spoilers. Will, you will get ample warning. Yeah. So don't. Don't tune us out just yet. Um, Friday was uh, Cinco de Mayo. As soon as I got home from work, started prepping, cooking, getting all the stuff ready, uh, cleaning. Uh, party went great. A lot of fun. You know, good food and whatnot. 
Uh, Saturday was Free Comic Book Day. It was. I did not go. The, the first week of May has become kind of like Geek Christmas. <laughs> kind of? Because kind of. you get you get May the 4th. Yeah. You get the first weekend of May is always a Marvel film. Traditionally now, yeah. And you get Free Comic Book Day. So, Did you get your secret empire whatever with Cap and being no, evil? I didn't and, get that one. Okay. I grabbed I grabbed three issues total. I, they had a Street Fighter special. Actually, I read it. I'm going to give you that one, too, because it's a Street Fighter wrestling special. Okay. Um, featuring Dan. I, I like Dan. I everyone hates Dan, but I like Dan because everyone hates him. So I, I got that. They had a Tick uh, free comic book. Huh. Um, and there was a Legend of Zelda comic that I grabbed for you because I knew you mentioned you probably weren't going to be able to. Yeah, I, I totally missed it. To but then I, I saw pictures of that online. I was like, oh, I would have liked to have gotten that. And then you got Wing One. I grabbed I grab one for you. Bless you, sir. Um, it's like it's manga. That's okay. It's so it's Zelda. the other like I got to fold it the up, other way. You're thinking you're looking at the back of the book and you're actually looking at the front. Oh, yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reading it should be interesting. Um, so yeah, I went to the Free Comic Book Day at Dave and Adams. Uh, they had tons of cosplayers there. It was a real uh, uh, fun environment. Our guests who will be on the show were there doing sketches. Cool. Um, another feature guest was there, and we, we talked about his upcoming appearance on the show, so that will be fun when it happens. The Devils Do Network grows. It does. Our bench is getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, dressed the whole family dressed appropriately. Uh, Julie had her baby Groot t-shirt on. She's like, I don't think I could wear this. It's dirty. I'm like, you wore for three hours last night. It's still <laughs> clean. Don't worry. You're fine. So she had a baby Groot t-shirt on. I had my, uh, Spider-Man classic underoos reprint t-shirt on with my Spider-Man Hawaiian shirt on with, uh, Eric Larson artwork on it. I love Eric Larson. And I almost wore a, a Spider-Man visor. Not not hat, mind you, just like the visor. And it's got like the Spider-Man eyes and the webbing on it. And I looked at you, I'm like, this is a little bit too much, isn't it? She's like, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. check, check yourself, sir. But uh, I was able to dress up William, and that was just a lot of fun. Did you see the pictures? I that? may have. I probably Cause, did. Because kids just, I mean, how, oh, do you, yeah. how do you go wrong with Whose that? Whose kid could that be? Who's In the Spider-Man onesie and the Spider-Man hat, who's, uh, whose kid could that be? Uh, He's just adorable. So we went to uh, David Adams, and it was a lot of fun. And I picked up my normal books. And I, 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 um, how many X-Wing ships I, did you buy this week, Carl? I, I, you know, cause I mentioned last week that work was sending me, uh, $150, uh, gift card. You bought $150 for, in ships, didn't for you? For my, for my 10 year anniversary. How many guitars do you have over there? That's okay. Diff- that's different. Don't. Don't lecture me. Those were accumulated over a period of years. On my problems. <laughs> you bought like 30 X-Wing ships in a month. Listen. <laughs> Listen. That statement is true. <laughs> oh, my God. But I do it for us. All right. To add to our game nights. Yeah, I bought $150 worth of X-Wing stuff. 
It's just like what four ships? No, it's you get you get a lot like it all did there there's tiers to the ships that you can get like yeah we've talked sing, about this single ships 15 bucks okay for the quality of model you're getting that's not a bad price at all so single ships are 15 bucks they have a special like dual packs sometimes like um i got a dual pack that was imperial veterans and then that i got a tie defender and a tie bomber okay and tie defenders red it's like the imperial the royal guard that's oh, that's kind of cool it's really sweet looking um, I got that. I got a standard TIE fighter, an E-wing, uh, A-wing, a B-wing. I got the original core set that the game first came out with, so I could get uh, Luke, ah. Biggs, R2-D2, and just like an R set of like uh, the the measuring tools yeah, yeah, that yeah. I use for maneuvering. So it'll make it nice when we do play it again. You know, each side can have their own set. Cool. Um, and I got a mat, a play mat. All right. Three, uh, I bought essentially a three foot by three foot uh, mouse pad. Cool. <laughs> which, with, with, that has a picture of the second Death Star on it. That's so, that, It makes it, it was cool. It's an and, authentic Star Wars experience. Yeah. So got all that stuff. And later at night, I got to uh, play X-Wing with a friend of mine. Yeah. And I won. All right. Flying my uh, my Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Did a did a lot of shooting. Accidentally killed one of my own ships. You could do that. Yeah, if you fly it off, if you fly off the board, uh, oh, ship's done. Wow. And I flew. I thought I was being smart, and I wasn't because I flew and I didn't fly off the board. But there was no maneuver I could have done where I would have ended on the board. You could fly. You're a pilot. No. <laughs> <laughs> my wing pilot was drunk okay so that was saturday night um sunday well during after free comic book day and before i went to play x-wing i watched something that you need to watch Uh oh and folks if you are a comic book fan at all or just love good documentaries, you need to watch too. If you have Hulu... I don't. Well, you can come over to my house and watch it if you want. Okay. It's a documentary. It's called Batman and Bill. Ah, the Bill Finger. Yes. Yeah. Holy crap, it's freaking amazing. Now, I knew going in like a good portion of the story. I didn't know all of it. Folks, Batman was not created by Bob Kane. No. Batman was created by Bill Finger. Like, Bob Kane created the concept. Kind of. And the name. that was about it. And the name. Yeah. And that's all he had. Everything else was created by Bill Finger, and Bob Kane screwed him out of it. Yep. I didn't realize how badly he got screwed out of it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. It's uh, If you want to feel better about that, just watch the uh, clip on YouTube of Jim Steranko talking about slapping Bob Kane in the face. Yeah. You'll feel real good, real yeah. quick. So yeah, definitely, if you have Hulu, Batman and Bill, watch it. It's freaking incredible. All right. Um, I think I took notes oh. on, on my week, <laughs> developing, <laughs> learning. But I think that's pretty much it uh, for the week. Cool. Yeah. Uh, William's got a cold. That so. is unfun. Yeah, it's not, dude, it's not nearly as bad as the last time when you gave me the the 
four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> worth of plague. Um, he's doing all right. Bless you. Thank you, sir. Whew. So that was my week. Dear listeners, if you would like to tell us about your weeks, send questions to the show, make comments, give us your thoughts. We would love to hear them. You can reach us at the following multimedia sources. You can reach us at Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you at thedevilsdopodcast.com, which brings us to cross-examination. Bring it. We got questions. I like sir. questions. Uh, first question we have here is a Twitter question. Uh, from uh, Twitter user Badgerfang. He asks us, who wins? Who wins? Hong Kong Fui or TV's with Spot or TV's Iron Fist, and he puts in parentheses, <laughs> that you should be reviewing regardless of quality. I, I, I No. You still haven't finished it yet, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so terrible. I can't. So who would win, Drew? Hong, Hong Kong, Kong Fui's going to win. Yeah, you know why he would win? Because he's actually competent at Kung Fu. And he's the number one super guy. He is. He's got a cool song. Quicker than the human eye. And he gets changed in a filing cabinet. He does. Good luck with that, Danny. (laughs) He's Danny Rand. Danny Rand. (laughs) I just pictured a conversation in my head. I'm Danny Rand. I am Groot. I'm Danny Rand. I am Groot. Accurate. Accurate. Okay, folks. Wow, we got another question coming in. We got so many questions this week. I like questions. Folks, thank you for uh, sending in the questions. First up, we have a new question asker this week, sir. All right. Adam sent us a question. Hi, Adam. Now, I should say, Adam is part of the reason I have a problem with board games now. Between Adam and Alan, they both kind of... Oh. Yeah. So we know Adam. I know Adam. Okay. So, Adam sends in, Carl and Drew, I've been a listener since episode one and have appreciated your unique insight on geek culture. Figured I should break my silence with some questions. All right. Question for both of you. As a board game drug pusher, as I have been labeled by (laughs) Carl, I figured I should stay in my wheelhouse. If you could design a board game based on Daredevil, how would you like it to go? Would you borrow any mechanics from current favorites? Mm, this is difficult. This is tough because I mean we you know there is like yeah. legendary with Daredevil in it. Yeah, but it's not uh, really a Daredevil game person. No, se. it's not. So what would a Daredevil game be like? I would think it would. I think it would be best as kind of a dungeon crawler style game. Okay, like. Um, Star Wars Imperial Assault, uh, uh, Dark Winter, um, the the Ghostbusters game. Sure, okay. Uh, like cool miniatures and whatnot. Okay. Um, with maybe a deck building aspect to it, like powers and ability in the cards. Yeah, and okay, whatnot. I can see that. Sure. Yeah, and then you have to. Is there? Is it scenario based or villains think- pop in and out in the dungeon? I think probably scenario-based, because your dungeon's essentially going to be Hell's Kitchen. Yes, totally. Um, I think... 
scenario based. See, I haven't played a lot of games like this because I know that uh, campaigns in game like this are extensive. Like you can normally you can't knock one out in a game night. It takes like a couple hmm. sessions to fully advance campaign. But I think like yeah, probably something along those lines. You know what might also work is some kind of uh, uh, role playing. Um, role playing is the wrong word, but uh, like the the murder mystery kind of games would would would, would work well too okay. with Daredevil because you could have a cast of characters um, and he would have to uncover facts about a case. You can use your you know whoever's Daredevil in the group. You can he has abilities. He has like you know sense his senses and he can you know yeah use commands to, to have people tell them details about sights sounds and things like that uh that could be interesting that that might be actually kind of a cool way to do a daredevil game yeah so anyway right. yeah uh his next question is <laughs> when will carl have a segment in the show talking about what x-wing ship he bought this uh week? spoilers you've just heard it yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a light week for comics too so i'm probably gonna get oh look at this yeah. it is a light week for comics actually i got three three issues i got yeah me too yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bills and Sabres are both looking for a general manager. Which comic book character or fictitious character from nerd culture would you hire to run our woeful franchise? Um, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna say Reed Richards could run both because he knows analytics. And he's got some experience leading a team. I'm going to say Wilson Fisk. Wow. I'm not messing around. I want my dang teams to win. So you're just going to go iron, iron, uh, yep. firm, firm hand yep. wins? Okay. Yep. Wilson Fisk. Bribe, bribe the ref if you have to? Hmm? Sure. Okay. We've suffered long enough. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I like my answer. I'm not so much. You, I'm not so much thinking of bribing the ref aspect as like threatening the ref, negotiating trades. Oh, will be advantageous to us. Yeah. So, like, either your brains or your signature goes in the contract. That kind of thing. Yep. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm trying to be legit, but yeah, sure, we can go your way too. Okay. <laughs> I'm done waiting for legit. Legit's <laughs> taking us too friggin' long. Screw legit. All right. Fair enough. All right. Thank you guys for all you do. Adam, thank you for the questions. We very much appreciate them. We have uh, questions that literally just came in as I started reading questions. Look from at this. Mr. Tom Fenzel. All right. Hey, guys. Hi. He starts out by answering our question from last week. The question we is we have closing arguments yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. We asked the viewers a question. Oh, by the way, can you think of a question to ask before the end of the show? Thanks. Uh, uh, hey, I'll guys. Try. To answer your question, I am reading Trees from Image. I picked it up without any knowledge of the plot and was amazed with the storyline and the art. It's a sci-fi story that takes place on Earth in the future. These huge tree-like structures landed on Earth around the world and disrupted most of the countries. New York City is more like Venice now. Cool. Sounds I, interesting. I think that... Is that a Warren Ellis book? I think it is. I don't know. It's trees. I, f- I feel like it's a Warren Ellis book and he's pretty... You know, people like Warren Ellis. So, cool. Cool. Questions. 
I want to know what your opinions are on digital comics. Mm. I've run out of space to purchase physical books, and it seems cheaper to wait for a trade to come out on Nook. What do you think? Well, I like the idea of digital comics. My 14... Yeah, I might be up to actually actually uh, correction. I might be up to sixteen long boxes now upstairs. Um, yeah, the light just went out. All right, got a lake when the ball was blow. Um, yep. anyway, good thing we could see each other with your phone light. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and the podcast got sexy. Um, no, so um. I like the idea of digital comics. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't like the execution of digital comics. Uh, I need I need paper in my hands, dude. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I just I I can't I can't read a comic book page by page on a digital screen that way. Um, I need the tactile thing in my hand. I got to turn the pages. And when you have like a two page splash page, you know, like when they do the yeah. big big two two page layouts and all that. Yeah, you're gonna lose that on a, on a one page slate. You. you know, I, I just I can't do it. Again, the idea is great. I would love to have all my comics in one convenient thing. Yeah, I would. Oh my god, I, I I'm dying upstairs. I'm dying. You got a got a lot of books. I I don't mind digital for new stuff. Okay, like I get the whole idea of saving space and whatnot. But, like, if you're going for, like, classic books and whatnot, you can't beat, like, that pulpy smell. Oh, I love um, the comic smell. The comic smell when they use newspaper. Uh, it, for classic books, yeah, you got to go physical. If you want to, it, I've never had a problem. There have been a couple series that I've been like, you know what? I kind of want to read this, but I don't want to take up the physical space. I've just gotten them digital. I still get primarily physical copies because uh, David Adams has like 20% off new comics all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like dialing back on what I'm reading because it's just the space it's taking up. Yep. It's becoming an issue. Thinking to the previous election is another question from Tom. Thinking to the previous election, pick each major candidate's superhero champion the only real way to win the election would be a battle royal use the candidates personality to pick a hero not a villain hillary clinton donald trump bernie sanders jill stein ted cruz uh, so, so he's asking here assign each of them a superhero champion who would win i i i i, I can't objectively do this i'm sorry <laughs> i just can't <laughs> i think i think trump would find a way to convince himself that J. jonah jameson could win. So sure, but no, no, but he's he is the media though. So he and and as we know, Trump hates the media. So you know, it, it's that's kind of that's, that's kind of a weird, uh, weird, weird, weird uh, dichotomy there. So I don't know Clinton would go with. I don't know. It's, mm. <laughs> Good question, dude. Ted, Ted, you stumped me. <laughs> Ted Cruz, maybe, I don't know, vibe. I don't know. Um, yeah, who's who's limp and ineffectual? That That's Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, Bernie Sanders would probably go Reed Richards. Go, sticking in the, the age bracket. I, yeah, I, I, 
sure. Okay, I guess. He's also got decent Ollie Quinn, too, with him, though. Super. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Bernie Sanders will probably go Green Arrow and probably win. Yeah. So. All right, Tom, thank you so much for your questions. We appreciate it. It's heavy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> now we get to the axe and smash. Oh, I like Dew. that. I like that. <laughs> the demolition of the devil's due. Uh, let's see. Last I was week. I ask if they made it. Last week we started with Jay. Did we start with Jay last week? I don't know. I don't remember. So long ago. We'll start with Alan. Carl and Drew. Hi. Many critics claim Marvel has an issue with developing villains. Mm. Do you think Nolan's Batman films have swayed audiences to believe what villains should be? Um, I don't think it's Nolan's fault. I think DC movies, though, well, Batman, yeah. historically. You're talking about one of the, Nicholson, the two DeVito. greatest rogues galleries in comics. Yeah. The Batman flicks in general kind of, they relegated Batman traditionally. Not yeah. not the Nolan ones per se, because Batman had a little more to do in those. But the Keaton flicks, dude, Batman took a backseat to the villains. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton was more interested in telling the villain stories, and he yeah. hired really capable and, and charismatic actors to play them. Yep. So Nicholson, sure, outshined Keaton. I mean, and DeVito, too, probably outshined Keaton. Yeah. Even though it wasn't the best representation of the character. Of the no, but it was certainly a representation, a strong character you know, put forth. Had a happy meal. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I think like there's this kind of perception that that their villains are more interesting. I I think this whole Marvel villain problem is a little slightly overblown. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's fair. But Loki's I, Loki's great. Uh, 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 as we'll find out. Zemo. It, Zemo's great. Uh, Zemo's he's great. got good motivation. Um, Ultron was was cool i don't Ultron know was james spader yeah but th- like that's a bad thing i love james spader yeah. i would have rather him played ultron and not just a character of james fair spader. enough fair no, that's fair that's fair um winter soldier was a great villain yeah uh spoilers robert redford uh i i think when you i think it's one of the easy things to say that marvel has bad villains but we sit down like legitimately think about it i mean yeah like you said they're not at the level of the way the Batman villains have been represented, but they're not bad. No, but I, f- I feel like Marvel's focus is more on its heroes. It explores them more than it explores its vil- their villains. So I guess the villains maybe do have to take a little bit of a backseat, but I don't think it's a problem per se. I mean, you're, you're, they're putting forth really strong characters. Yeah. So I, I don't see the problem really. So his question to me is, Carl, James Gunn has pulled the impossible by convincing Marvel to trade for the film rights to Ego. The Living Planet, as we will discuss in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Uh, do you think Gunn can do it again for future films? I think so. I think we're starting to see uh, some bridges being built between uh, Fox and, and Marvel, and they've seen the success that Marvel had with Spider-Man and undoubtedly the success they're going to have with Spider-Man. Um, do I think we're going to be hugging it out anytime soon? Not necessarily, but I think we're kind of starting to see some fences being mended and it wouldn't surprise me to see some pop-ups in future films. Let's hope. Let us hope. Yep. Drew. Yeah? With R-rated comic book films being all the rage due to the success of Logan and Deadpool, 
Do you think this will be a passing fad to appease non-traditional comic book readers, or will the successes of Guardians of the Galaxy remind audiences that films can be successful by not being rated R? Guardians gives me hope that people don't forget that, you know, young people want to see these movies too. And, 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 you know, the next generation of fan is going to be born out of, out of them being able to see them. Uh, this R rated thing is getting a little out of line. Uh, the, the, you see the, the news today about Hellboy being yeah. rebooted, R rated. Why? I, I don't need that. I, I think, I think a lot of it depends on the character. It does. Like, it, an R-rated film for Deadpool, yeah, you kind of have to. Um, for Logan, you don't need to. No, we talked you about can, this. You can, but you don't need to. Yeah. Um, Hellboy... You can. I can see it, but, but, I, don't, but I don't need it, though. You yeah, know, like, like, Guillermo del Toro did two visually and... Not just visually, but, you know, they were good films. Yeah. Without having being in our rating. So, yeah, I... If you if they're, if they're just doing it to do it because it's a thing to do apparently. You know what it is? It's yeah. It kind of speaks to the aging of comic book slash geek culture to be honest with you. Like we're getting old. And as such, we expect our entertainment to like suddenly have to grow up with us. But part of growing up isn't like swearing in boobs. Part of growing to me, part of growing up is realizing that swearing in boobs are kind of juvenile. I know I sound really old, but old was not the word that came to mind. Go on. Kind of hypocritical. Why would you say that? Dude, you swear you swear in ways that would make a sailor on shore leave blush. I see I do. But in like in my media though that I really enjoy, honestly, I eh, Okay. All right. I don't need it. You're like Having said, having said that, RoboCop's like my favorite movie ever. <laughs> but, but, but when I see a movie of like you know a certain genre, like a I don't know, like these comic book flicks, like Logan, you know, I just feel like man, I don't. It didn't need it, to be. You don't, it doesn't need to be yeah. this. And again, you know, it's just they're just putting it in there to appease a certain demographic that wants that wants boobs and f bombs. And I don't need eh. to see black and white. No, I don't care. Whatever. If they initially released in black and white, I think that would have been a bold move. But yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the map on this. I know, but it just yeah. it just feels no, no, th- there's a you. there's a fine line. Like you know, are you are you are you doing it because it serves the story and it, it, it it's the tone that you want to put forth, or are you doing it because boobs and thin f bombs, bro? <laughs> Isn't it? Zach, is that look you? how is look how here? edgy it is, dude. Like Zach, I don't come on now. Uh, eh, I don't know. It, it depends. I but yeah. I don't want to see like you know where does it end? We can have an R rated yeah. Spider Man at some point. Like I don't want that. Yeah. Like I said, it's very it's character dependent for me. Sure. sure. What's the story you're trying to tell? Doesn't need it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, which brings us to thank you, Alan. We appreciate your questions. Hell yeah. Which brings us to Mr. J. Jelsamina. Drew. Hi. What was worse this past weekend? <laughs> Me inexplicably getting lost on the way home. Yeah, there's that story I was talking about. <laughs> Wish I was there this week to defend this, explain it away. No, nope, there's no explaining it away. You got lost on the way home. He got so flustered. He <laughs> was so mad. <laughs> anyway, go on. 
The kingdom blowing our Naito time. See, I talked about this. The line for autographs. Yeah. The lack of beer for you to consume. Yeah. The yeah. merch selection. So what was worst? Uh, purely because of the situation and the time that it was, getting lost in, in Canada was... <laughs> <laughs> it was late, dude. It was like after one thirty in the morning. We were we were all tired and cranky. Yeah. We, we wanted to go home, and 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 Canada didn't let us get there easily. And then Jay, Jay, Jay's Jay's stubbornness also did not <laughs> get us there easily. <laughs> to be fair, though, he did get us there. So full marks, he did get us there. But but it was a tense 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 little twenty thirty minute delay. Yeah. All right, Carl. But he got us through it. Yep. We have another question that probably could have been a text message. <laughs> I love these. <laughs> Don't you wish you came with us Sunday? Want to come over in June to watch the next big NJPW show? We need to bring you further down the rabbit hole with this. Jay, uh, I, I mourn every missed opportunity to hang out with you guys. Um, I obviously wish I could have come. I had stuff going on. Uh, you know, the new NJPW show could be done in June. Rematch. Yep. Kenny Okada. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I'll be there for that. Yep. Um, and then his 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 combo question is essentially what we thought of Guardians too, which you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out, Jay, and you don't have to stop listening until we say yeah spoilers. I know he hasn't seen it yet, so yeah, we're gonna give you plenty of notice that spoilers are gonna be happening. Uh huh. But it's good. All right, so, there you go. That is it for cross examination, beefy cross examination this week. Um, we really only have one thing to go over in news, but it's a pretty big thing. Okay. Very show relevant. <clears throat> Excuse me. Enlighten me, sir. Uh, this past week, not not only this past week, the freaking day after we recorded the last episode, uh huh, we got our first full. Defenders trailer. We did. What'd you think, Drew? I liked it. Um, I like it a lot. I liked it a lot. Yes, that's a, that's accurate. I did like it a lot. Um, so you know how we all hate Iron Fist, basically. I, w- I hate a strong word. Okay, well I hate it. Um, <laughs> having said that, when he was on screen with Luke Cage and they were kind of going at each other, it was and- great. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I got I'm the I, immortal Iron Fist. I got You're what I got, now? I got some 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 feels. I yeah. was like, dude, it's it's Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Even though he's not wearing his outfit, but it's Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Matt wasn't even wearing his outfit in that. No, joke. I know. <laughs> I love that. Jessica says if you look like an idiot. He's like, it's your scarf. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks really cool. Yeah, um, it. Yeah, they're off to a good start. I think uh, the the you know hall, man hallway fights. They the series. love them. The hallway fights. <laughs> <laughs> Next Dude, the, Daredevil series is just going to be 13 episodes of a hallway. The hallway fights are like the, the, the TV show equivalent of the big blue light shooting into the sky in, in, in the other films. Big blue light. Every Marvel film has a big blue beacon oh, sh- yeah. shooting into the sky that it's a portal of some kind yeah. or some kind of harbinger of death. Okay. The, they've got that. The, the movies have that. TV, hallway fights. Alrighty. There you go. So yeah, I think it, I think it looks great. Uh, I think trailer was well presented. Um, a lot of cool visuals in the trailer, especially the color tones. 
like especially the beginning of the trailer where Jessica Jones is sitting in the getting interrogated by Misty. Oh yeah, and it's, it's very it's got a very purplish hue in the interrogation room. Matt bursts in and doors red behind him and. His glasses are more profound red than they've been. I like cool stuff and visuals like that. Um, I'm really excited for this. Uh, you know, coming off of Iron Fist, I think we're both really desperate for to get back. <laughs> please be good. To, please be good. Please. Netflix to get back to form. Well, if if Defenders isn't what we hope it is, there is always the Punisher, I guess. I guess. Oh, Try, trying yeah. to look at the positive Punisher, here. Daredevil Season 3, Jessica yeah. Jones Season 2. Yeah, yeah. Which I think just started production this week. All right. So yay for that. Good deal. All right. That is all we have for news. I'm sure other stuff happened this week, but this is going to be a beefy episode, folks, because we have some guests and let's get to them. All right, Drew, we have some guests in the courtroom this week. We do. It's a Strange and beautiful. Yeah, we definitely want to get more into the guests. It's fun to grow the Devil's Due family. Uh, we have two representatives of the art group Under the Hood with us this week. Uh, first off is John Kindelan. Yep, Kindelan. Kindelan, I'm sorry. just See? told you. He literally <laughs> just told me, and it took me zero seconds to screw it up. You would think I'd be more sensitive to that growing up with the last name Duty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always get a look from the teachers like, do, do I do I say duty? You're lashing do, out. It's okay. Yeah, pretty much. And also we have with us uh, Christopher Conti. You nailed it. Got that one right. Got yeah, it. well done. Well done. One for one. You can tell I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> 500 is an achievement. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. It's glamorous in here, is it not? It's fantastic. It's like huge in here. <laughs> Spatial palatial estates. <laughs> So, tell us about, you guys are in our group, give us some background. How did this group come to be? How did this group form? Give us your origin story. Who oh. Got, who got bit by a radioactive pencil? Uh, Chris found me in the gutter with a pencil in my hand. No. <laughs> Look, Zach Snyder's not telling this origin story. Let's keep it light. <laughs> we, can, we, we can have color. Uh, <laughs> so, the origin story is, I had been doing Buffalo Comic Con shows for years. So I was at Buffalo Comic Con, probably been doing him for over 10 years now with my son Austin and I would be there. Met Chris that we work together at Ingram Micro, uh, where we both work in our tech support department. Um, and he was, you know, we'd start talking about art and he said, I would love to be able to do one of those shows someday. And I'm like, just come and sit at the table with me. And we were like, it's kind of stupid for two guys just to be sitting at a table. Like, everybody knows who you are. Why do I sit next to you? Like, who am I? And I'm like, okay, well, let's make up a fake name for a studio. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, at the time, we were both really big into Arrow. And because um, we also, we do everything. Like, we sculpt, we paint, we draw. Okay. Yeah. So we do everything under the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. that's how the name came to be. So it was like a, inspired a little bit by Arrow, but also just because we cover a lot of different things. So right. is it by uh, intent or complete accident that it's also the title of Hollis Mason's book in Watchmen? It's by complete accident. It's okay. complete accident. Yeah, yeah, we didn't realize it. And then, yeah, so I, we found that out later on, and it's on the IMDb page. Is, Under the Hood is on the IMDb page as well, but yeah. uh, that's not us. Yeah, okay. complete accident. <laughs> Fair enough. And how many artists make up the group in total? Originally, it was technically four. Yep. It was myself, John, 
uh, a friend of ours, Sean, who did, um, he was all like movie props. He would do the okay. pouring, casting, sculpting, and stuff like that. And then his daughter's now fiance, Tyler, who is still a member of the group. And uh, he does, he started out doing mainly paintings, but he's kind of crossed over into the drawing and digital world too. So it's, I think we're saying three now, because I think Sean has kind of made his exit. Well, we got Austin too. He was, oh yeah, Austin as well. I always forget about Austin. <laughs> <laughs> he forgets my son. Austin, it's, if you hear this, I'm very sorry. He doesn't go on Facebook. Facebook's not for teenagers anymore. He's not. He, no, he's he's too cool for school. Uh, so yeah, Austin has been doing shows with me. So he would just come and hang out, you know, being a kid and hanging out at Comic Con. But at Free Comic Book Day, he was assisting us and actually doing drawings and sketchings for people as well the thing like all of the Kindellan clan kind of gets in the in the play like his daughter sydney was in you know they and they all it's an invaluable we can't do what we do at shows without you know courtney and yeah so my sydney. daughter courtney also yep. helps it out tyler's uh fiance my daughter courtney um she is like our marketing guru so she'll take care of the facebook and the instagram mm-hmm. and when we're head down drawing something she's the one talking to people at the table to so we don't come across as the jerks that we are uh <laughs> yeah. we don't want people to see the truth yeah yeah and you know to have two young women at a table working at con where a lot of guys are like, oh, girls, yeah. right? Instead of just having to talk to us two big nerds. Sure, you put them out in front. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, then you, um, you have to apologize to them later for doing so. Nah. <laughs> they love it. They love it. A nice dinner it. after the show. Oh, absolutely, we always go out I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's really cool that you guys are like very diverse in what you do. Like the times I've seen you at shows or at Dave and Adams, places like that, you're predominantly just doing sketching. I didn't know that there was like a whole nother facet beyond what you guys do. And that's really cool. The, the, uh, diversification for lack of a better phrase is, is really, really cool. Um, how did you, cause a lot of what you guys do when you're like live streaming and things like that, which again, you get a real sense of family from the group yeah. when you're doing your live streams. Cause you're always kind of including everyone on it. And I think that's really cool too. Um, you're predominantly doing uh, comic book work more or less characters. Yeah. yeah. More or less. Pop culture, pop culture. Yeah. We consider ourselves pop culture artists. How did you like, do you currently are you like since you're broadening to pop culture? Do you guys currently read comics or oh. are and if you if you did and I'll take that as a yes, how did you <laughs> like? Would you come? What was your what was your uh, uh, fruit from the forbidden tree that got you into the to, into the you go first? hobby? <laughs> yeah, mine's actually a funny story. Uh, as a kid, um, I grew up. I got into Batman from Batman the animated series. Like awesome. when I think Batman, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice oh, yeah. in my head. Like yeah, we there's were, no we other voice. Yeah. <laughs> that's Kevin Conroy, Mark answer. Hamill. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so and so that's that's what got me into Batman, which then led into I want to read comic books. But then the first comic books I actually owned were Kevin and Hobbs books. I, I would Kelvin. actually I would cut them out of the Sunday paper. I had folders that I would keep them in. And then inevitably when I got grounded for doing something stupid, I would sit and read through all of these things I kept in a folder. And so that's kind of what started it for me. And then it just kind of, it's an addiction as you know, uh, yeah. it just kind of yeah. go. Yeah. So that's, that's where I came from in the comic world. I've been collecting for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit older. Um, There's so nothing wrong. Uh, so I've been collecting comics 
nonstop for about 23 years. So he gets mad at me because I'll be like, oh, we'll, we'll be able to see a case where they have like some of the books from the 90s, like Mad Love. I always like to throw in his face yeah, that I have a copy of Mad Love because I bought it off the shelf when it first came out. <laughs> uh, I have the entire run of The Flash, pun intended, uh, the Wally West uh, issues nice. so everything from number one to the very final one so he was my like one character i focused on more than anything um i have x-men back from i can't remember how long um back to the chris claremont days um to some of those so i have those yeah i, I have a lot of comics um they're stored in my garage they're stored in my laundry room long boxes short boxes totes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i still collect today so i still go on wednesday and pick up my books and yep. uh yep grab my stuff so the first book that got me into art though was actually um savage sort of conan because uh, the big magazines yes. and like joe jusco's cover work and the paintings that he used to do um first poster i ever bought for my bedroom was the peter parker joe jusco famous picture where he's taking he's off, taken the, off shirt. the shirt and he's got the mask in the pocket yep. i had the same poster yeah yep. as, awesome. as if somebody who awesome. drew i would only say i would only hang certain stuff in my room because i would just draw whatever i wanted and if i was going to get something so joe jusco and we got to meet him at one yeah. of the shows which was pretty Very cool, cool um and i had the jim lee uh x-men team poster where it was the long one where he had like every x-men character in it and with cyclops and professor xavier like dead center and then like strong guy was in there like all of all of (laughs) x factor and excalibur and all those teams strong guy it just seems like there was a deadline that had to be met and (laughs) some dude was just out drinking the night before and forgot to do something and needed a name strong guy Strong guy. It, it fits the character, though. His real name was Guido, though. That so, too. like, his actual name was Guido. It didn't get any better. Yeah. So, let me let me ask you, John. Um, you're clearly an X-Men fan. Yes. Drew He's and got I, ink. X-Men ink. Drew and I have said in the past that the X-Men film continuity has become as confusing as the comic book continuity. Yeah, and they the comic that up book continuity in and of itself is more confusing than the rest of Marvel's continuity as a whole. Yeah. Where do you fall? On so, that? but here's the problem with John Condellan. He likes bad movies. <laughs> uh, so, uh, listen, I just had a whole bunch the, of people over my house Friday night to watch Machete for Cinco de Mayo. I love Machete. So we are, we, we are. But, in the so same, I was listening to your show and I heard you talking about Suicide Squad. So I had to say, like, I was like, well, I, every time it's on, I also watch it. And for me, I find it a little bit better every time. It's, I think everybody wants to hate on DC films, but they're not nearly as bad as they think they are. But they give us so many reasons to hate on them. But though. so do Marvel ones. Like, I know, like, everybody hated uh, Batman Superman because the whole Martha thing, right? There was amongst a, 9,000 other reasons. Uh, yeah, there's but, some good but, stuff in there, too. If you it, you have to watch the it. extended scene. Like, so first of all, you have to watch... But I don't think that's, that's something you should have to say, that you have to watch well, the extended version yes. to, to appreciate a movie. I agree. To, I wish they with... would have just released the actual film the way it was supposed to be in theaters, and I think people would have enjoyed it more. Uh, but the theme behind Civil War is the same theme behind Batman vs. Superman. Well, that's a matter of execution. <laughs> I, I guess so. And that's, that's the key right there. Right. Yeah. That's, it's the way it's done. Yeah. Yeah, like Suicide Squad for me was an epiphany of, okay, DC makes 
interesting characters and just puts them in really bad movies. Yeah. Like I liked the care. I was very surprised how much I liked the characters and the choices the actors made in suicide squad. But the rest of the film, at least to me personally was just hot garbage. Well, the other part of it too, I think is with Marvel, the characters are always set in reality, real cities, human people, real problems. X-Men have problems, family issues, all that stuff. Justice League are their gods, right? They yeah. their powers are ridiculously more powerful than Marvel characters. So to put them in the reality spectrum, like Christopher Nolan started with the whole Batman, like I'm going to make it realistic, you shouldn't have because it doesn't belong in a realistic world. It, it, they just they're so when, as comic fans like we are, we're used to reading glorified DC stuff yeah. of these gods, and now you just dulled them down to. Will Smith is dead shot. Ah, that's great. Because <laughs> it's Will Smith, right? Like, yeah. So there's good thing, there's bad. Um, with the X Men movies, uh, I absolutely hate Wolverine Origins. It is my of any comic book movie at all. It is the worst. It, it, it's the worst. The cartoon uh, Roger Rabbit claws that come out in the bathroom that have that Roger Rabbit look to them. And he yep. cuts the sink, and he's like, oh, like he doesn't know what to do with his hands. He's, he's like, sport, <laughs> sport, <laughs> sports goofy with Adam and Yeah, so for me, uh, I enjoy the X-Men films uh, as standalone, completely separate from the comics. Different universe, different take. Okay. Now, jumping back over here, with your discovery, it's I think it's really cool that you discovered Batman through the animated series, um, Chris. As I realize, we're in an audio medium, not a visual medium. <laughs> For those watching at home, yeah, Carl's pointing um, right now. Yeah. Um, what? What about it? Like grabbed you, and when you kind of started experiencing that world, which did you kind of realize that it was so different from so much stuff that had come before it? Like, what? What about it? Kind of because we can look back at you know, Batman the animated series and say, you know, this is the benchmark. This is the the level by which anything animated is going to be measured as far as superhero goes. But like from that initial experience, what, what about it? Like grabbed you and kind of hooked you in? Uh, well, I think as a kid, it was the, it was the first superhero cartoon that I had seen that really was like, it, the animation was incredible. Like I, you know, I appreciated it even as a young kid. The the painted backgrounds, the the way the characters were drawn. But to me, it was the the interactions between the characters, like you the the performance of the Joker. I mean, obviously, you're not thinking this one. I was like eight, nine, ten years old. I'm two years younger than you. So, so it was yeah, that about was uh, ninety one ish. Yeah, about that. So you're, you're eight or nine like years old. Eight or nine years old. Yeah. But at watching it, I, I don't know what it was. It was just. It was. I would sit in front of the TV and I would just watch it, and I'd record it on VHS, and I'd just watch it over and over and over again. I can, you know, I hear the theme song in my head. We just actually for our Geek Week over at Ingram, we had it uh, on Batman Day. We had it on. We were playing it uh, on a big screen in one of the rooms that you could go in throughout the day and just sit and watch it. And watching it again, you you remember all of the lines. Like I can, I think that's part of it. Is I can remember. I haven't watched it in ten, fifteen years, but sitting there. I can, re- you know, I can regurgitate lines from the Grey Ghost episode, or I've got Batman in my basement, or, you know what I mean. So it's absolutely, and I didn't even realize until the other day that the Grey Ghost is actually voiced by Adam West. Adam West, 
So it's, you know, it's all those little things. And it's the fact that, like, if you watch it today, it's one of the few cartoons from 20-some years ago that the animation and the visuals hold up. The performances hold up. You don't you don't watch it and go, well, that part right there is going to move because it's painted different from the painted background. It's just, I think it's very well done. The storylines are very well done. They didn't hold back. It was a kid's show, but they didn't hold back at being a kid's show. There, there were still very adult themes. Like, you watch, you know. Or, like, me and John talk all the time, but my favorite character, period, in the Batman universe, or in most universes, Harley Quinn. I'm a nut for Harley. You know, she came out of that cartoon. She was yeah, created she came, specifically. Like, she came out just as that time you were getting in, so right. I can see how, you know, there's that, and there's that just, fandom there. There's the scene where her and Ivy are shopping in a mall, and they run into Bruce. Yes. And she goes, hey, wait a minute. And she, like, covers up the top of her face, or his face with her hand. She's like, you look really familiar. It's just, you know... <laughs> It's one of those things. So do you have a top five episodes? My number one episode is The Grey Ghost. I love that episode. That's my number three. That's your number three? Keep going. Um, The second one is I've got Batman in my basement, or as Marvel likes to call it, Iron Man 3. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you poo-poo that episode, Carl? I'm not the only one. That's that's surprising. I'm not knocking him for liking that, but that's widely considered to be like one of the weakest episodes of the series. But I don't anyway, know. I don't know what it is. It, I, and again, it's just my memories as as from being a kid. Yeah. Um. I you know I can't remember the names of most of the episodes. That's my, the, the my Robin Achilles one heel. where Robin Robin's goes. reckoning. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The Clayface episode. The first one. Yes. Okay. Uh. And um. I think it was it called Heart of Ice. The first time you oh, see the, Mr. Freeze. I just you know. It's the, usually the uh, introduction of the villains. They did a really good job with yeah. the, the intros of the villains. My my top five, Heart of Ice, Almost Got Him, the poker game episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one where they're all sitting around the table telling yep. how they, yep. Uh, Grey Ghost, uh, Pretends to Dream. Oh, yeah, where he's where trapped in the dream Mad world. Mad Hatter traps yep. Batman in he's his at the ideal clock world. Yep. Yeah. And then I can't remember the name of the episode. It was it was during the redesign season, uh, where Barbara's hallucinating, like she got killed by Scarecrow, and then she died like right in front of Commissioner. It was like a really dark episode for an animated series. She died like right in front of Commissioner Gordon, and then Gordon just goes after Batman, like calls Bruce Wayne in his home and is like, "Did you think I was a fool?" Uh-huh. that I didn't know who you were, and then they just become outlaws. And, of course, the whole thing turns out to be a scarecrow hallucination, but it's a really good episode. That was post... That was after... What was it? Batman the Animated Adventures? Yeah, the new... The new Batman the Animated Adventures. When it went over to the, the WB network and it got the redesign, which Drew and I differ on. Yeah, I hate it. I like... Nightwing with the Tennessee top hat. I like some <laughs> of the redesigns. I don't like all of them. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. But I thought they nailed it the first time. So I think it's funny because I think it's very generational that you guys cling to the Batman animated series. But for me, in my gen- for me, it's the X Men animated series. So I grew up with that too. Oh, I just, absolutely. I just, it didn't, it didn't take the oh, way the see, and and I think that might be where my love of X Men. Yeah, they pulled the right from the comics. X Men, yeah. the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. They they like took right from the comics. Yeah, that was that was uh, the storytelling in the in the X Men series and the Spider Man animated series was like I said it was off the page. Yeah, they were they were adapting it where they fell short was kind of the animation quality. Yeah. 
And that's where you see, like, yeah, Batman, total difference. The Batman animated series being so far, far and away ahead of that. That and the visual design. Like, the X Men series was, was well done in that it was, you know, like the Jim Lee designs and stuff, but mm-hmm. the Batman animated series was just, like, a whole realized vision of uh, uh, Bruce Tim. And it, yeah. like, yeah. it, and it, worked it what still it, works whereas x-men is kind of aged a little bit what do you think of the justice league animated series then love it yeah. any uh, any of the i'm a huge fan of the whole bruce tim paul dini run okay like batman superman batman beyond even though the villains are kind of weak in that show how do you come up with new villains in a batman universe and right. make them stick i always did like shriek though I yep. thought Shriek was a really cool design. Ink. I thought Ink was a cool design, too. Ink, I, as soon as I saw Ink, I, I started to like Ink when I read the Batman Beyond comics. Okay. I didn't like Ink in the show because I looked at her, I was like, it's female Venom. Okay. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty much all I saw. Uh, but yeah, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, fantastic. But we're, we're talking about themes of art here and getting back to the work you guys do. Um I'm always fascinated by the creative process uh, in a lot of ways, mainly because like, you know, you guys have your art. Drew has his music. Um, I don't have anything on that level, which is why I've always been fascinated by the process. Now everybody approach approaches their process differently. So tell us about your process where it kind of start out at how it's evolved where it is now like our style of art your style your process how you approach doing different projects uh for us i think because we do a lot of print work where we don't so we've had people say we should always like the big thing is like when are you guys going to put out a book right uh and we've talked about it and we have several stories i was a writer at one point so i've written stuff i've written plays that have been you know, produced and so I wrote a. I was a television show writer for a little bit as well. I guess cable nice. access, right? So uh, the writing part's not the problem. It's the storytelling of the small panels where we like to do bigger, full-on art pieces. Yeah, drawing sequential is is a lot different than just putting up a pinup. Yeah. you know what I mean. It, people don't realize you you're essentially you have to be a filmmaker in your mind, and you you're basically storyboarding things out. So it's it's a lot of work. And you sometimes have to draw a panel that's not very exciting. You just have to draw it to tell the story. And yeah. here's the street with a car. Yeah, on it. Right. and then to and not. I, I think some of the guys who are putting out their um, own books, like Ben Grizzani, uh, um, and like uh, some of the stuff that he's doing, I think it's great and stuff like that. And I wish I had the patience for it. And I think that's just what it is. I know for me, and I think Chris is kind of the same way. We get an idea, and we we want to move on to that next idea. So like. You get a print in her head, and good thing we're digital now because a lot of things. What we'll do is like you'll put in the iPad, like okay, this is where I'm going to lay out this one, and you leave it there, knowing that you got to finish the other one first. But you just hop from one to the other. So working in digital now, the two of us, it has changed a lot. Um, we both have iPad Pros that we use, um, so the process is it's it's lots uh, easier. 
because if you messed up on paper, you had to throw the whole thing out. Uh, you mess up on an iPad, you can just wipe out that you know last section of it. it doesn't leave marks on the paper or anything like that. So it makes it a whole lot easier when it comes to that aspect. Um, but like when we were at Free Comic Book Day and we're drawing and sketching by hand on paper again, you, you get right back into the flow. So it varies, I think, from print to print. It's just whatever's inspiring us at that given moment. But we both tend to draw characters more that uh, we enjoy. I tend to draw a lot of TV type stuff and Chris um, is an excellent female artist. So he draws a lot of like very J Scott Campbell. I, I, I don't think I have more than a handful of male characters in my portfolio. And I think that came from some of the first artists that I really came to adore as a, as a youngster, a lad, if you will, was uh, like Mark Silvestri, uh, you know, I, the, which I have a folder of, you know, Witchblade stuff like that, and I would mimic that. I would draw the covers, and that's where I learned proportions and stuff like that. And you know, eventually, you work your way into actually looking at anatomy and figuring out how to do it. But for a lot of, I mean, for me, it was I was copying artists that I admired when I was younger, me Jim too. Lee, you know, Mark Silvestri, things yep. like that. So I don't know what it is. I just tend to gravitate more towards the female characters. Yeah, and I like a lot of the. Um, Mexican artists like uh, Paco Medina and Umberto Ramos. I love him. I love that blend between animation and realism, right? Like it's realism, but it's slightly askew, like, like a cartoon. Jim Lee can do an anime and I I can do an anime, right? But Mm -hmm. to be able to warp it a little bit and make it more dynamic is uh, more fun. Yeah. And I think the, the true testament of that is when you can do it and you as the reader, the viewer of the art, don't notice it. You just appreciate, like, you kind of, I don't want to say sneak it in there, but you are almost like accepting the art that's being presented to you as this is the visual reality of this spectrum, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Drew's kind of looking at me like, where are you going with this, Hoss? What does he mean exactly? I think uh, maybe what you mean is if it's, if it's cohesive. You, you, it, it could be stylized, if, but as long as yeah. it looks like it all works together, then it you accept it, I guess. You, maybe? Yeah, you can tell when an artist really understands. You have to, it's been told a million times, you know, draw what you see, not what you know. Yeah. Your brain will try and make things work where it doesn't really work. You, if you understand the anatomy and the underlying, the right way to do it, then you can manipulate it and create a style that still makes sense. Like, you know, J. Scott Campbell, for example, his style, his, if you look at it, you're like, well, that's a beautiful woman. But if you really examine it, his torsos are twice as long as they should be. The legs are twice as long yeah. as they should be. You know, faces are very angular. The anatomy is all in the right place, but he has put just a slight spin on it to make it, you can look at a page and go, I, I know who that is. Same thing with Humberto Ramos. You yeah. look, I can. Yeah. You look at a hand that yeah. Humberto Ramos drew. Yeah. You can yeah, like nail that's, that. That's his that's work. Ramos. So yeah, there's square and like he's, everybody's got large feet, yep. like right. Mickey Mouse type large feet. Yeah, even yeah. the eyes. Like if you take a page full of characters and you cut out just their eyes and lay them out on a page, you know, I you can point out you know, that's a Scott Campbell, that's a Ramos, that's a Jim Lee. Well, we could. (laughs) (laughs) Comic fans who who pay attention to that stuff could. Right. Yeah. Ramos did a really, uh, a while back, he did a run on a spectacular Spider-Man series, Mm -hmm. and he did a really interesting take on Dr. Octopus, who's like my favorite Spider-Man villain, whereas he made the tentacles more 
anatomically correct to what an actual octopus's tentacles are uh-huh. and kind of put him in a trench coat made him made him a darker character and typically for something like that that it's not something i get into making characters not like visually dark darker but he did it right and it worked out really well and that yeah. was a really great run are you reading champions yes Croc. isn't it so great good book? it's so good so I'm good. telling you you gotta read champions and it's got Cyclops i gotta read it. a lot of things dude <laughs> He's got the, the two read pile keeps growing well i'll let we'll lucas, let said, lucas he's killing me here no just lucas just lucas hi Lucas is the show mascot. Essentially, yeah, because he likes to come in, come out, come in, come out. <laughs> so what uh, – you being a big X-Men fan, yeah. favorite X-Men draw? Cyclops. Cyclops? Favorite, favorite costume? To draw? To draw. That's a different question. That is a tough question. I do enjoy <laughs> Cyclops on every level, but to draw – I don't know. Magneto's fun. I like the helmet. That's uh, where we differ. Wolverine's fun. <laughs> Wolverine is fun. Um, you don't like Magneto, or you don't like that? I love Magneto. I absolutely love Magneto, and Magneto was right. Yeah, <laughs> but Cyclops is right. The characters that have helmets or masks that are featureless, like Batman or uh, Iron Man or um, Black Panther, they are really hard to draw because there's no lines. You are you have to convey a shape with value, and I, for whatever reason, it's really difficult. See, and then I I like to like I will always say like I might have even learned how to draw eyes um, from watching Scooby Doo. Remember in the beginning when all the eyes would pop up on the screen in the old yeah co- yeah. So like that was like my first thing to learning to draw eyes was like how Scooby Doo kind of drew everybody's differently and. Um, Sometimes I draw the irises and the pupils, and sometimes you don't. It depends. Like with Magneto, if he's got the helmet on, he's got no irises and pupils, so you just have the white, stark eyes in that darkness of the helmet because it gives it more of that cool look to it. Hmm. Now I want to draw Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it right now. What we're I could. Where, we're not going to stop you. Um, where, where do you find you start with a drawing? Is it different? Depending on what character you're drawing, do you start at the same place every time? Where's where's the the entrance ramp to the artwork? Uh, to me, it's it's in, in you kind of see it in your head first, and I could see it in my head. Okay, I'm going to draw a phoenix, and she's going to be in this pose. So then I go to the paper and I lay down the basic shapes, whether it be you know just you know the circles really yeah. rough. Like you could look at it, it, looks like a stick figure for the most part, and then it just kind of builds from there, and inevitably. I, never, ever, ever have I started something on paper and had it end up the way it was in my head because I'll draw it and I'll be like, well, that arm doesn't look right there. And you move it and then you get halfway through it and you're like, that just the perception's wrong. It's, you know, it's not right. So you change this, that, and the other. And it ends up almost completely different in most cases. <laughs> so to answer your question short way, it all starts with a thought. And I'm I'm a stick figure guy. Like I, I draw the stick figure, and I like when people were coming up to us at Free Comic Book uh, Day. I kept singing the song over. Everything starts with a circle, and like because I was just getting sick of drawing headshots so much, 
And I'm like, so like people would be saying, they're like, how do you do that? And I just started saying, everything starts with a circle. And like, you just draw like, and like, I even grabbed a little kid's head. I'm like, cause your head is a ball. And I grabbed his head and I like shook it a little bit. And the parents were laughing and I'm like, and you have a jaw, that's your bones. And I mean, for me, it's very much shapes and starts in like a stick figure world and you build on top of it. But like, so, uh, one of the ways I learned to draw aside from my grandfather teaching me a lot was I had the how to draw comics the Marvel way. I have that book. Uh, the I book, rented the video. From I had. Blockbuster. I have the VHS tape uh, with Stanley and uh, Sal Buscema, but it was terrible to watch because as a young artist, he's like, just draw a circle here, a line across from there, and then boom, it's old shellhead, and you're like, how <laughs> the heck did that happen? Because it was a circle and a line, and then it was Iron Man, and I'm like, they, there's like edits. You're missing. Yeah, the, like he was able to just Sal Buscema was like ridiculous and he would just draw so uh for me it all like we use a lot so i'll even i'll share a little um, summary here that viewers at home can't see so i'm working on this one which is going to be a uh, gene gray's anatomy uh and i took a <laughs> gray's anatomy words. poster and a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take like an image like this is going to be um it is the bad boys 2 poster but i'm going to turn it into yondu and peter quill Right. So I'll use that as a layout and then do like a framework on top of it. It's not tracing so much as it is helping with the layout of the page. So I'll use that sometimes as framework. It's just easier on an iPad. If I was drawing a piece of paper, I'd have it next to me and you can graph it and scale it and do it that way. With the iPad, you could just visually drop the picture in. This is a picture of two people dancing and that's going to be a Harley and a Joker, but I'll take the original image and then I'll skew it. I'll, I'll make it mine. Yeah. So like you stretch it, you bend it, you change the features and stuff like that, but it's using your references. You always use references. So, but like you could see like some of my, like a lot of it is very sketchy and, you know, figuring out what you're going to do. And you, you really have to like start at the very beginning. You can't just, the head is where you always start. I always start with the head and then you go right to the eyes. And then from there, I think it like builds off. Hmm. Cool. All right. Well, what is coming up for under the hood? Where can people find you guys? Where are your next appearances? Give us, give us the rundown. So our Facebook page is under the hood artists. Um, that's the best place to find everything you want to know under the hood. Um, and it's, it's doing well. Uh, and then the next show we have is Nickel City Con, which is in nine days. Uh, so it's May 19th to the 21st. Um, and it's at the Buffalo Convention Center. We have a huge setup. We have three tables. Uh, so we have a, a very large setup. Um, I, know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what booth number we are. We're booth number 113. So when you get a guide, and if you get a guide and it says you'll see booth number 113, that's, that's us. So um, that's where we'll be next. We just, like we were saying, had free comic book day at Dave and Adams. After that, I don't know what's up next. We do uh, summertime. We have been known to be seen at the East Aurora Chalk Walk. Uh, So last year, what did we do last year? What was our picture? We didn't go last year, did we? Oh, no, it rained. It yeah, rained. It rained out. It rained out. Yeah. And the year before that, we did um, a, Lego. a Lego picture where it was like the TARDIS exploding and all the different characters. Like, I think uh, it was a play on Lego Dimensions, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think actually we did it before Lego Dimensions existed. Oh. We came up with a whole bunch of different pop culture references and we tried to figure out how we could do it in one. And we were like, let's put the TARDIS in the middle. So we had like the TARDIS in the middle and like every character like kind of flying out because it was right after the Lego movie had come out. 
And that's where kind of we got the inspiration from. Well, then clearly Lego owes you some serious money yes. for their sales. Yeah, well, that happens Come on. nonstop. I'm, don't get me started on people stealing my ideas. That's <laughs> nonstop. We were, I, so I have on my uh, Uncanny X-Men t-shirt of uh, Days of Future Past. And I redid this piece of work, but I did it with Beauty and the Beast and the Disney princesses. You can see that on our website. That's awesome. Uh, and then I'm at Hot Topic, and sure enough, there's a Rick and Morty one exactly like it with Rick and Morty and the different characters on the poster. And I'm like, I have an idea. And then it just spirals out of control. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why do you say we talk some... Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Typically, sure. dear listener, this is the part where we do uh, we where we go into we rustle the papers and we go into a breakdown of the uh, Daredevil episode. Uh, this week we're taking a break for that. We're giving Matt a break. Um, as you've come to know, new movie comes out that we all go and see. We generally like to discuss and review it. So, from this point out, if you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, please be aware there will be spoilers. Yeah. Stuff will be spoiled. And if you haven't seen it yet, why not? Yeah. Why Why, why not? You really should. So. Yeah. Drew. Yeah. Last week, Thursday night. Yeah. We all went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes, we did. Go. Go? Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, well, well, let's I mean, see. It's, it well, okay. seems kind of weird right. to say, would you think? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I kind of yeah. know it's done. It's, it's, like, it's implied. Um, before we delve into it, I will say this much because I'm Mr. Miser about movie trailers. Every single trailer, I don't remember them really. I just remember watching them going like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Star I don't Wars. Care. <laughs> Star Wars, but I've seen it, so whatever. Uh not that I'm not excited for it, but it's like it's the, it's the same well, teaser. You Yay! Don't, you don't see trailers for the first time in theaters anymore. No, you really you don't. don't. Yeah, and, it's not. The internet's the internet's have spoiled me. So, um, I will tell you this because lest you, I heard there were there were chatterings over by you and Alan. Uh, that was the best looking Wonder Woman trailer I've seen yet. Really? So, wow. saying, I'll, saying so something give, nice about I'll, DC. Movie. I'll give you that. There's actual color in it. It looks like it has a pulse. <laughs> they, good, they good, did, good job. They did remember the color this time. Let me nitpick that I don't like the glorification of her lusting over a sword instead of the lasso. But hey, this, 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 this is the universe modern, that, that Zack Snyder Wonder built, Woman and is, we have to have death. So. Modern day Wonder Woman is full blown Amazonian warrior. Fair enough. Fair sword enough. Sword and shield and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. In any case, I want to get that out of the way. That, okay. that, that, looked, yeah. that, that looked, dare I say, good. Not Sam going on opening weekend or anything. I but heard, I heard something on a podcast this week. Yeah, that gives me gives me some little extra fear because this is looking like it's going to be good. For my be. opinion, it looks like it's got a be, shot. It looks like, to me everything I've seen has got me excited about the film. I'm trying to separate it. From everything that's come before, and pro like give fresh start, yep. fresh start. This is what I heard on uh, in our podcast. Could be it could be like one of the great superhero films, but you could kill that if at the end of the movie. And I don't think they'll do this, but you could kill the movie if Wonder Woman is saved by a guy with no powers. Um, if at any point in the film Steve Trevor saves. 
Wonder Woman. Based on the trailer, well, I don't think you got to worry about that. But also in comics and TV, Steve sometimes did save Wonder Woman. He did. Steve's like not a, a dolty like doop doop doop. Like, yeah, I'm not saying he's he an is. American soldier. I but mean, again, we're talking about a modern Wonder Woman here. Sure, I think she yeah. saves him like six times in the trailer alone. Right, so right. you know, yeah, that's I'm fine with that. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Wonder Woman. There you looks, go. Looks I want to get that out of the way. Okay. So Guardians. Guardians. Guardians is great. Guardians Agreed. is. So Guardians wor- 2 is great. Yeah. Someone at work asked me to describe Guardians 2. I said like this. Guardians 2 is like riding a roller coaster while drinking the best margarita you've ever had, and it won't spill while you're listening to your all-time favorite album. That, not bad. It's, it's that level of fun. And I, where I've seen a lot of reviews actually kind of say, like, you know, it's not as good as the first one. And I, uh, and I, I, since, we've, since we've seen it, I'm thinking about that a lot. And I'm like, you know... I disagree. I think it might be as good if, as the first one, if not better, depending on what you're after. Yeah. I'll say this. If you like the first one, you're going to like the second one because oh, it's yeah. it's you're going to like it. If, if everything you liked about the first one is back in the second one, there's no way you're going to be like, well, I don't like that anymore. Yes, you do. Stop it. <laughs> but the second one, I'm, I'm, I'm really finding myself, the more I dwell on it or think about it, the second one, I am so impressed with how it was written. Every single character, every single character gets a really fulfilling and frankly heartfelt and and oftentimes tear-jerking arc in the movie. Everyone. No one gets left out. That's tight. That's super tight writing. Even Taserface. Even (laughs) Taserface. (laughs) Do you know who plays Taserface? No. Do you watch This Is Us? Or you've seen the my commercials? Wife, my wife, does. right, right, yes. <laughs> all, of our, all of our wives watch it, but we don't watch it. But we've been in the room, and you know, there's the the couple where it's the the bigger yeah. girl and the bigger guy. Yeah, that's the, oh, the that bigger guy, guy is wow. Taserface. I never would have guessed. that. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> my my wife is always like in tears, like you should watch this yeah. show. I'm like I've had enough family tragedy in yeah. real life. Yeah. I don't need it in my viewing. Well, Guardians. Well, that's spoilers. It, it's all about the package. We'll get there. Okay, uh, but yeah, everybody gets really yeah. good stuff to do, and like everyone gets really big moments that that push their character forward and push their little stories forward. It's it's really impressive. I think one of the main reasons why a lot of those reviews are saying, you know, it's good, now it's good, because the the discovery is sure. not there this time around. You know these characters. A lot of these reviewers, they've never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, and you discover that yeah. instantly in the first one. Yeah, yeah, totally. It caught everybody, by, it caught everybody yeah. by surprise. So there's no way to really surprise everyone again. So what do they do instead of trying to, like, you know, we got to shock them. We have to. We have to shock. We need. We need something to shock everybody. They just said James Gunn, who I can't believe they've given this guy this much control over a franchise, but they have, and that's yeah. um, it's awesome. He's he just doubled down on what on the characters, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's the heart of the whole movie is, is, is the characters. The but story is almost like paper thin. It's very Empire, right? Like Star Wars, you got introduced to all the characters. Fun Star Wars, Empire, emotional. Uh, stuff, yeah, father right. issues, all this other stuff. You have totally. like, kind of splitting up the heroes. Yeah. yeah. 
It's yeah. it's very Empire, and everybody always says Empire is just as good, if not possibly even better. Empire is my favorite. Empire is the best. Empire is So, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be ruined by Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> or a planet, a planet of baby Groots, probably, singing Lumdy Lumdy Lie. The biggest complaint that I've heard from a lot of people is that it, they expected it to move forward the MCU. And it doesn't. See, I'm glad it didn't. I am, too. Same I, here. I didn't need to. No. Yeah, absolutely did not need to. It was a great origin story. They changed Peter's origin story a little bit. I was a little bit nervous how they were going to handle the whole ego thing. But overall, I think they did really, really well. I mean, Kurt Russell knocked it out of the park. And it's Kurt Russell. It's I mean, Kurt Russell. It's Kurt Russell. You know what I mean? of the course, man. We are the buzzing of flies to him. <laughs> but they, they wrote it really well. And even all the little... Um, the little nuances they put in, like uh, spoiler, you know, towards the end when you see the the planet and it starts to come to life, yeah, it looks just like it. It's yeah, been you drawn see the face, the yeah, colors, yeah, the yeah, face yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. So they did a really good job. And we've got in this movie, we have another instance of Marvel's favorite new toy, which is oh, their time de- machine de aging <laughs> older actors. No, they have a time and machine. They just go back great. and they grab yeah, they Kurt Russell fake. from the eighties. He yeah. was about to walk on the set, escape from New York, and they were like, "Come here!" And they're just like, "Conk." I think it's even before that. He looked a little too full face. He was that was like the boy who wore yeah. you know computer that wore tennis shoes type <laughs> stuff. It's a, it's a really complicated process. I watched a documentary how they did it with um, Robert Downey Jr. It's not just them computer animating it they're actually taking scans off of digital film from his older movies and kind of overlaying it's really cool they stitch wow. it all together so they come a long way since uh x3 you're saying yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like to think we have come a long way so as a society since yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes yes well said uh, yeah it's it's pretty fantastic and like i was worried that i was going to get sick of baby groot very quickly no, he's great. No, it's, he's you know great. what? It, it's, it's just enough. We get the question finally answered why he doesn't like people with hats, too. Like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. We, <laughs> that's the reason you don't like hats? <laughs> I, I think what was... Because you heard a lot going into the film, oh, Baby Root is just marketing so they can sell toys. And you know what? Yeah. A lot of that's true. But you know what? I don't care. No. <laughs> it's it, awesome. was, it was so much fun. Yeah. And he it didn't was, dominate the screen. No, or it wasn't too much. It wasn't. And, and like any fear you could have had, like, oh, it's just going to be a two hour movie of baby Groot dancing or whatever. Well, yeah. they just, it's you the know first what? 15, five minutes they, of James baby Gunn Root knew you, you were going to think that. Yeah. So you, okay. I'm just going to start the way with that. Then we'll get it out of the way. And I said, like, you could have done that opening sequence, turn off the movie and said, that's it, folks. I'm like, all right. I'm good. I Have thought good that day, was everybody. super clever. Like, yeah. the, with all the action going on yeah. in the background, all that, that was great. Yeah, they didn't have to film any of that other action. So, like, there should be, like, on the special features, the other angle where you watch the fight and you just see Groot dancing on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, if the camera's not at him. It's just, it's, oh, God, so much fun. Um, I think the dancing, though, even played a bigger part of the overall storyline because little bit, it comes sure. up no- numerous times, like, Peter uh, Drax says to Peter, she's somebody who doesn't dance and you are somebody who does yeah. like they use dancing as a metaphor of like what type of person you are. And I think that's even a carryover from the dance off from the end of yeah. the first one where he's like dance off and he points to Gamora and she's like, no, what are you <laughs> well, the opening scene of the first one was a dance number two. Yeah, it was you know, well, almost the opening scene, but Peter, uh, even though the, the music 
choices in the movies aren't like the stuff that I listen to on a regular basis. I just love the fact that music is such an important part of the movies, oh, yeah. and, and not just like layered on top. Like any, any and the, as well, it's you can important see, part of the team, right? Yeah. As you can see from like I don't know the Suicide Squad trailer, uh, putting a pop song uh, over over the top of things doesn't make it. Like Guardians, yeah. no. Guardians intertwines the music into its story and into its characters. It's all like Rocket's. Like, hey, I'm hooking up the stereo so we can play music while we beat the big space yes. slugs. <laughs> That's awesome. When they take out, when you know, spoiler, the Ravagers. Yeah. Do you have any, you have any of old Quill's old music? Like Rocket likes yeah. the music. Yeah. Like he wants to work. To the music, it's that's kind of like what I figured out later on. Is you're like, oh, it's not. He's not doing it because Peter likes it. He likes it as well. Right yeah. when he's fixing the ship and he's like, did and he's like singing along with it too. Like, there's lots of times where I feel like music is used as like almost a, a character in the the movie. It really is, and that I, that's cool. It, it's to me, it's super cool yeah. as a musician. I I, I loved how at one point in the film, it just turns into a old Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny Elmer Fudd cartoon. The scene with Rocket and the Ravagers, yeah. all the traps and everything. And then you see the pullback shot, the guy's just bouncing up in the air on one side, bouncing up in the other side. I love that. It was so great. I was like, this is a freaking Bugs Bunny cartoon right now, and it's awesome. Uh, not to mention the facial gags when they're jumping through space and time. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the yeah, 500 yeah. jumps or whatever that they have to yeah. do to get to uh, Ego. Um. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty cool. Uh, oh, the that. Yeah. Go on. That reminds me. Yeah. Um, we ran in at our screening. Yeah. We ran into some technical difficulties. Yeah. The sound in the theater cut out at and it several cut out points in the movie. Two very important points. So maybe you guys can fill us in. It cut out at the Stanley cameo. Oh, okay. So if you guys could tell us what Stan was saying to the Watchers, that would Spoilers. be Spoilers. The freaking Watchers. It's the, fir- the first yeah, part or the post credit scene? The first part. I know what he said. Because I've what seen it twice now. <laughs> what was he saying? Uh, so in, he, as like they come through, he's like, so that time I was a FedEx delivery guy. So he's clearly talking about <laughs> Civil War. And when he was delivering the uh, to uh, Tony, Tony Stank, Stank. yeah, yeah, uh, and then he's like, "Oh, and I was so rudely inter before I was so rudely interrupted because they jumped yeah. through past him." Yeah, so that's all he says. So James Gunn is confirming the fan theory that Stanley is the same guy in every single movie. He is a that's watcher. Awesome. Yep. Well, they didn't say he's a watcher, but he is the yeah. same character in every movie. So Fair yeah, enough. let's let's talk about the Watchers. So uh, I've, that I've, was. Alan clarified something about that to me yesterday. Okay. How Fox and Marvel and... Yeah. Because so, we... It's pretty safe to assume the Watchers are part of the Fantastic Four. They are. Films. Well, here's the thing. Uatu, the Watcher. Fox has him. Ah. The Watchers. The okay. general Watchers. As, as long as they're unnamed, Marvel can use them. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of weird. I was wondering if there were any kind of trade swaps going on, whatnot. Not that I know of with that, but Alan... Can, this is coming from Alan, though, so you can blame him if it's wrong. But, <laughs> I, but I'm trusting... But, Al, right, but, but, but Alan yeah. uh, proved, us, proved us wrong at your place on Cinco de Mayo, so he called out the trade for uh, Ego for Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. And we, I didn't believe him. I was wrong. Alan was right. Yeah. So, but, anyway... Um, the other critical moment, and I'm pretty, I, I kind of got the gist of after the fact, but the sound dropped out for a good three minutes uh, during the big pivotal scene where 
Yandu and Rocket have their big heart to heart. Oh, and route back. What? Yeah, I actually yeah, wanted. We kind of missed all that. Minutes of no sound. It, it wasn't no sound. It was just no dialogue. Yeah, all the, the, the other dialogue channel died. So while they're talking to each other, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I that's... actually wanted to. I wanted to bring up Michael Rooker and Yandu because he's awesome. Oh man, Michael. I've had a. I like Michael Rooker before, but they. Knocked it out of the park. His performance yeah. was incredible. His he, whole character was, Merle was fantastic. From, uh, he channeled from the, Merle. the very last, from the end, <laughs> yeah. when he turned awesome. Final season, Merle. That whole scene was basically, um, and I was worried they were going to spoil it with a cheap joke at the end of it, but they didn't. They they let just you know tear it up. He, um, it was it was Yandu addressing Rocket because you know, throughout the whole movie, Rocket had been purposely being a jerk to try and push people away, and Yandu calls him out on it. He's like, I know you. He's like, you're talking to a guy whose parents sold him into slavery as a baby and this, that, and the other. He's like, I know you because I'm you. And that's where Rocket kind of is like. And then Rocket right? says, what a, uh, what a duo we make. Right. And then he's like, we're get, or what type of duo? What will, they, what will they do with the duo of us or something? And he's like, well, I guess we're the kind that's going to go fight a planet. And Rocket's like, yeah, wait, what? A planet? Because he doesn't realize <laughs> yeah. at this point. And then it turns into a Quentin Tarantino scene. Where they, you know, the whole escape with the guys falling—that was awesome. Yeah, the slow motion. Can we guys address the body the count in this movie, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby Groot kills a guy. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Toddler Groot. Let's call Toddler. Yeah. We tried. Groot killed a guy. The baby. You let a baby kill a guy. <laughs> yeah. So Yandu murdered like a hundred people with his arrow in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. If not more. on camera. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, and Rocket helped him Rocket by taking out a couple too. Yeah. Yeah. This is where some DC dude is listening to the show. Like, how come they can do it, but when DC does it, you think it's dark and disturbed? Uh, it was difference in character because they were playing uh, Jay and the Americans come a little bit closer while uh, <laughs> while they did it. So it wasn't so dark and gritty, and they were laughing while they did it. It was a good old time. It's all worst, the presentation, folks. Like, like we said earlier, execution. <laughs> Worst part was when they were spacing guys. I don't know. I, I oh, like yeah. the scene with the arrow. That was cool, but I think it got really dark while they were oh, just dropping the bodies the outside. Space. And you, yeah. like, if you looked, it was like a trail of them. Like they yeah. yeah. had freezing yeah. death. It was terrible. <laughs> that was tough. So, biggest. I really have only one, and I even hesitate to say Mark against the film. But it's not so much with Guardians as it is with probably. It started with the original Avengers. We love post credit scenes. Yeah. post credit scenes are great. You all get five, five of them, of them <laughs> in this one. And it, it sounds excessive, but they're all good. They're all great. And, 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 the, and the way they intersplice them works. So. I mean, come on. Teen Groot? Teen yeah, Groot. Hey, Groot. <laughs> You're boring. Just <laughs> sticky pollen all over his... Yep. All over his... Uh, <laughs> um, the post credit scenes... I really enjoy them when they led into what the next Agreed. film was going to be. Like, we've commented how yeah. we really enjoy the Guardians doesn't build to the next Marvel film. It seems like Marvel films, as of late, the the film itself is what, bu- is what builds to the next film and doesn't worry so much about telling its own story. Like, example, Iron Man 2 told its own story it told tony's story it was self-contained yes it's part of bigger picture but it told its own story and then the post-credit scene is colson going to new mexico and finding mjolnir finding thor's hammer they're not 
doing that as much anymore, and well, I kind of want him to get back to that. Well, I thought Guardians, the first one, had like one of the most pivotal end credit scenes the first one with Thanos grabbing the gloves saying fine I'll do it myself like that was like that just led to everything so you waited for something like that at this one like it could have been anything it could have led into Ragnarok like they put Jeff Goldblum in the end credits dancing in the dancing in the end credits but he's nowhere else in the film and he's listed in the credits as it goes down too yeah i was hoping one of the post-credit scenes was going to be uh banner or the hulk landing yeah on the planet yeah yeah to go right into ragnarok and i i again we kind of like how ant-man did winter soldier or yeah well yeah yeah it did winter soldier and set up its own sequel as well just like the post credit scenes are still good. I still enjoy them. Just would like kind of more connective tissue between them. Like we get a setup for Guardians 3 and yeah, um, we Avengers do. Infinity. Well, at least I hope in Avengers Infinity War he shows up in it. Uh, the word is Infinity. he's not. So yeah. we're talking, of course, about Adam Warlock. Yeah, Adam Warlock. You see his, uh, his cocoon. cocoon. They're just going to call him Adam. Yeah. How genius of his, by the way, for the the enlightened to just use kind of drone the sovereign ship, the sovereign to use like essentially video game attack yeah. It even That's sounded so smart. like an old video. Yeah, game. they used the old video game. The sounds it was cool. I, was I'm great. wondering if it was a specific game that they. It sounded like it sounded a lot like a laga. I'm not gonna lie, but it could be wrong. So yeah, that w- that's my only. I'm actually I'm fine that they didn't honestly. We we're, we're, we got Spider Man coming in shortly. Thor is going to be out in November. We have plenty of connective tissue to go around. It'll yeah. it's All right. and I and I think I think Marvel is at the point where they, you know, they they've trained the audience so well that the audience they know the audience knows what's coming. So there's not there's less of a need to kind of put stuff there to kind of get you to the next flick. Yeah, I think they know you're going anyway. I could see that. I could see that. Um. I love the fact that interesting fact the I learned this today the production could not find any working Sony Walkmans. Really? Yeah, because well, think about it. First movie comes out, it's got a Sony Walkman in it. What's making a comeback, Drew? Uh, Cassette tapes. Yeah. Why hipsters? Yeah. Can I can I interject <laughs> before you continue? Can I interject something so right, angry right now? About it. Uh, I'm not. I'm I grew hipsters. up with cassettes. They sucked then. Yeah, they, they suck, suck now. now. Mm-hmm. D- don't know. So it's not like vinyl where there's like a redeeming audio quality to it. Tapes suck. They sound like crap. They they're garbage. Yeah. So go on. The production could not find any working <laughs> Sony watch. Drew has some anger issues. I don't know if you guys have, have heard this before. Don't listen um, to him. So they literally had to build one. For the film, so I guess that wasn't like a, a working Sony Walkman. How funny is it? The next thing is a Zune. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that was so. Uh, let me tell you what, I had a Zune. Of course, better than the iPod. Of course, it is. Uh, anything? There's no Drew no DRM on it. You can drag and drop on and off of it. It doesn't oversync your, your your. I think the biggest problem with it was that it was an actual spinning drive that you were supposed to be carrying around with you. <laughs> I, I got a little flash one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the second generation, right? Yeah, yeah. It's great. So, so the question is, I wonder for the third film, which has been confirmed, 
Gunn is directing. Yeah. Awesome. His entire family will be back again. <laughs> his family, like, Crag, Craglin is his brother. Craglin's his brother. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, the little pink girl in the um, sphere when he meets Life on Earth is his niece. Uh, that was on an Instagram post. They showed cool. that. And um, the old couple in the van that almost gets killed by the blob on Earth is his parents. That's sweet. Oh, that's cool. And his dad is dancing in one of the bubbles on the bottom of the thing, too. Yeah. Didn't want to do a mutiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Craglin was great. I, yeah. I love just the, even the part where like, uh, you know, what are you going to do with your share? And, you know, and she goes into the whole going against her sister and getting Thanos. He's like, oh, I thought you'd just get like a pretty hat or a necklace <laughs> or make all the other girls be like, ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> My wife's elbowing me throughout the movie. She's like, it's the guy from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's from Gilmore Girls. Yes, it is, honey. Who would have ever thought a trauma director would yeah. now be like a Hollywood big shot at yeah. this point with enough trust from Marvel Studios to write and direct not one but two movies. And you can even see his influence on Ragnarok. Oh, like, clearly. Yeah. 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 Well, he didn't fully write the first one. He didn't, but... He came in and cleaned up the script and obviously it's... The he first did his one style, is, though, yeah. clearly. And the second one, like they gave him free reign. Yeah. That's, again, in the Marvel... In the Marvel world, as we've heard from many people that drop in and out, you got to play by Marvel's rules, and you got to you, you kind of got to seed control to the studio, yada yada. But no, James, no, let, let him do what he wants. Well, maybe James stuck as close to the more close to the you know the source material, so that's why Marvel was like, yeah, you're good, keep going what you're doing. Whereas like other people are like, I want to make Ant Man, but have him you know be in space. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no ants are involved. Actually, it's like, <laughs> metaphorical. Yeah. Like, get out of here. You can go. Well, I think the first Guardians was Marvel's first real gamble, and he paid it off. So maybe yeah. he got some. So he, he probably got some. Got some there. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have, as far as franchises within the Marvel brand, we have Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Avengers, and Guardians. Yeah. I think we could probably safely say. As much as I enjoy them, Thor and Avengers, as far as franchises, not really in the conversation. Which, Wait, which franchise do you think is performing the best right now? Of the Marvel ones? I think yeah. that's kind of... Well, it's easy in my head. Because it, it, for me, it comes down between Cap and Guardians. In terms of the quality of the films? Yeah, just as like or box taking them. No, I'm not talking about box office. Oh, I'm just quality. Like, yeah, quality as far as like yeah, uh, the, Cap as and Guardians, a franchise yeah. within yeah. the Marvel Cap and Guardians, easily, absolutely. And we still will we get a new Wasp and Iron Man or Ant Man next yeah. year? Yeah, so that grows into having two parts now. And when's Black Panther uh, this year? Soon this year too? Yeah, November. No, Thor's no, November can't be. No, Black Panther might where's, be next year. Yeah, yeah, Black Panther is twenty eighteen. Got to be next yeah. year. Because that's all before Infinity War, right? Yeah, you know yeah. what? Because yeah. Black Panther was supposed to be this year, but then they swapped Spider Man with Black Panther right. when they got they did that deal. So, but of Guardians and Cap, which which one are you going to put on top there? I still say Cap, only because Winter Soldier is still for me the best Marvel film yet. Love that movie, and I love so and I love Guardians 
I love Guardians, and I love I love all these movies. But Winter Soldier for me is still like Marvel. That that like that movie blew me away when I saw it in so many ways. Yeah. It the the tone, the execution. It, that movie's like perfection. And the fact that they quoted Pulp Fiction that helps too. Oh God, does that ever help? But no, yeah, Winter Soldier is still like my top top of the, of the list. But right. the Guardians flicks are right up there. So. Cool. Yeah, I'd go with Winter Soldier, and I'm a huge fan of Civil War too. I loved the the team, the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. You know the fel- the the animosity between Falcon and Bucky, like that was fantastic between the two of them. Um, so Civil the, War, don't forget the kiss scene when he kisses. Yeah, Sharon, like, like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you move your seat up? No, no. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole thing when the two of them take on Spider-Man and they both end up stuck with like it's just that one is just that to me is a great comic book movie. Totally, like that yeah. should, that's how comic book movies sh- should be. Uh, Winter Soldier is a great movie. It's not even a comic book. It's just a it's great a spy thriller. Yeah, it's a spy thriller. It's a soldier. It's an army. Whatever you want to call it, with a little bits of superhero thrown in and guardians is sci-fi fantasy right it's it's today's our kids it's their star wars right it it won't probably hit the same marketing aspect of all the toys and the characters and stuff like that but absolutely the um i think it's definitely the modern age uh, star wars yeah then modern day kid toys tend to suck yeah they do yeah they're not nearly as good as no. they used to be. They have be. way better Nerf guns than we did, though. They, they really do. Oh, God, that's they so really true. <laughs> like, you want a, a Nerf sniper rifle with a, you know infrared scope and a silencer? You can get it. What did we have back in our day? We had, like, the, the tube where you had to push the shaft in and shot out a ball. <laughs> I, I had a football. Shot at, like, three feet, maybe. Jeez. Yeah. You yeah. can buy a Nerf big wheel now with guns mounted on the, on the head. <laughs> I'm so not awesome. lying about that. That is Google awesome. that. Nerf yeah, big wheel. It's got mounted son. artillery. Getting that for my son. Uh, what, what do you think as far as the... Place? I would agree 100%. I think it's yeah, uh, Winter Soldier followed by Guardians 2 specifically for me. Right. Age of Ultron. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that it was bad. There were holes and things that i didn't understand yeah marvel has not made a bad film right some of the there's a there's, there's questionable choices there's in a there. spectrum yeah. and like things well, how like, far back are we going you're you're, no, sta- talking, you're saying phase one i'm careful what you say marvel is not made a bad film i'm talking punishers are like, movies no, 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 no. marvel studio oh, okay 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 yeah yeah um, like Thor, Iron Man three, Thor okay, two, Iron Iron I liked Man Iron Man three. three. Iron Man three is a lot better on a second viewing. <laughs> I liked it the first I time. I like Thor two. Yeah. Am I the only one that liked? It? I not, like Thor two. I'm, I'm not saying they're bad movies. <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad movies. Iron Man three, Thor two, Avengers two. While on the weaker end of the spectrum, in by Marvel standards, are still. Way watchable than 95% of the other comic book films out there. Absolutely. Um, Before we forget, you mentioned Michael Rooker and how much we all love Michael Rooker. Did we we spoil that, man? We We, told people there was going to be spoilers. They got fair warning. He's Mary Poppins. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Poppins. Mary Poppins. He's Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Yo. Yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That that oh, that ruled so hard. 
That probably got the most rise out of the theater, that line alone. Yeah. That, that, that was awesome. Just but, Peter's look on his face, too. Like, ha! <laughs> like, well, you look like Mary Poppins. But, it, it, but that whole relationship. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. it, it, it they tied it up really well. Like he was a he was like a, a trope character in the first one. There was always something weird about how he talked to Peter and their relationship, and they, they tied it up really nicely. They I, paid they really, it off. The pay, it was a huge payoff, and you know you had something in both eyes. It was, and it wasn't like they pulled out of left field either. Like that, he let Peter skate a lot in the first flick. Yeah, and they they brought that as a plot point into the second one the ravagers were get, thought he was getting soft because yeah. he let peter get away with it well yeah. it turns out spoilers he let him get away with it because he was he saved peter's life from ego and he looked at him as like he looked at That's him as his he son. was his yeah. son yeah and then he raised him he may have been your father but he wasn't your dad oh dude oh, oh, that gave me chills just right you say feels. <laughs> the, the, the feels were brought in this movie so hard dude the yeah. funeral scene was like up there with spock's funeral yeah <laughs> Yeah, is it? Is it? Is it? Spoilers: bad? Yandu died, and I, I was really sad. Actually, it was, is, it was awesome. It was really good, though. And is all it? the Ravagers came out, and they gave him the big the Ravager How funeral. Awesome was the uh, original, the original Guardians of the Galaxy showing up. Yeah, that was cool. That is, that was such a deep cut. It's so deep cut that like after I had that to movie, it to him. I was like, I was like, Drew, who's Stallone playing? I'm not quite <laughs> Star sure. Starhawk, man. Star I was like, oh, okay. So the Crystal Head guy, Ving Rhames, is Charlie Twenty Seven. Do you know who the was Crystal? The, yeah. Michael Rosenbaum was the Crystal Head guy. He's the no, Flash from Justice Flash League animated. He's like Luthor on Smallville. Yeah. yeah. You, you, if you're gonna tell me you're gonna put Ving Rhames in the Marvel movies, I'm okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's do more of this, please. So now they have the OG Guardians team on screen. Can we can we get that movie too? We'll probably maybe I'd that's what Guardians it. Three I is. I think <laughs> Stallone was great. I don't think Marvel's going to spend the uh, Stallone, Ving Rhames, Michelle Yeoh money. Um, come on, spend the money. Only use them on just this. All right, five minutes of film time. I think we might see them in Guardians Three. Ew. Stop. No, that's great. great. Come on, man. We don't, Stallone? No, love Stallone. Stallone's great. Not for Starlight. Oh, for... Come on. No. Just, no, it's totally wrong. What it's, is it? So, Stallone and Yondu uh, were in Cliffhanger together. Yes. And uh, that was Michael Rooker's first film, I think, but too. But let, let's just not forget the most obvious throwback. Stallone and Kurt Russell, Tango and Cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And they didn't get a scene together, though. <laughs> Tango and Cash were in the same. We got a sequel to Tango and Cash, finally. Oh, kind of. <laughs> Shang Chang, don't you know ponytails are out this season? <laughs> oh, it was good, though. Where is he? Where's the governor? Great. Uh, Guardians 2, man, was yeah. fantastic. Good the time. last scene of the movie was, was Rocket crying. And they yeah. went, cut. Cut. Yeah, yeah. that shocked me. Oh, my me. God. I'm telling you, they gave they gave James Gunn so much rope, and he could have hung himself. And no, he they no, he, he delivered, nailed he did it really good. They put so much faith in him, and it totally paid off. All righty, um, I guess I think we've said all we, I've, we can. I've, we've said it all. <laughs> I think I think there's obviously we could keep talking about Guardians, but there's only so long people are willing to listen to us. They might Probably. be willing to listen a little longer because we have esteemed guests. Yeah, but um, esteemed. But as Did far you hear that? <laughs> but as I don't far know as, what it means. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that worse or better? <laughs> it 
It's way worse. It's way worse. It's, it's, you trash panda. Is it, is it bad that I've started Triangle calling... Triangle face monkey. Is, is it bad that I've started calling my one-year-old son my cute little trash panda? It's, it's, no, it's, it's awesome. Is, is that bad? Oh, okay. uh, big props to Nebula, too. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her in the first... I told you I thought she was underrated in the first one. Amy Pond from uh, Doctor Who. I didn't even watch Doctor Who, but yeah. whoever she is, she's yeah. great. Oh. That, she's great in, as Nebula. Google her. Oh. You will enjoy. All right. <laughs> Family shows her. I was, like, that's the most impressive part is how many subplots were created and then successfully resolved right, right, right. within that movie. <laughs> Not even a cheesy handoff at all. Everything tied up nicely yep. and it was really well done. That, I, to me, was super impressive. It's a super tight script and everybody got to shine. It, it's... I'm... Like I said, I people want to compare the two movies, one and two. I think two is just a, it's it's tight, yeah. it's super tight. They and, they're on they're on the same level. I love yeah. them. And, and we, oh, we didn't even talk about about Dave, man. Yeah, Dave Batista. Oh, I booed him at the I'm, Rumble. I'm sorry about that, Dave. Rumble. I'm so sorry. Oh, jeez, Batista, if you're listening to this show, I'm so sorry I booed you at the Rumble, man. <laughs> that's, that's I'm happening. sorry. No, we're gonna go a little longer because <laughs> I that reminded me. I totally forgot you, sir. Went to WrestleMania this year. I did go to WrestleMania. My first WrestleMania. I'm so sorry. My (laughs) first. Why? Because, well, the experience, I'm sure, was amazing. It was. The card was terrible. I I enjoyed it. Again, I like bad things. So, uh, WWE is your jam. It is. It always has been. (laughs) I've survived this long. So, so just give us like a brief rundown of like what that experience is like. Oh God! Did you do the whole weekend or just the one? The whole weekend we were there. So we went Saturday. We went to Access. Did you go to NXT Takeover? No, no. I don't have that much money to (laughs) do all of that, and we did not stay for Raw the next night either. So here's the so. As much as like, here's the problem. So here's the problem. Uh, loved it. Would I go again? Probably not. Why? Because the fans that are there are a lot of d bags. Because it's like ninety percent guys who want to criticize everything and not just enjoy the experience. I have you no don't, idea what so that there's could like, possibly be I say, like. So I know, like you know, like how we say there's hipsters. There's the coffee hipster. There's beer hipsters. Yeah, yeah. There's wrestling hipsters. Oh, well, the NWO did that first, and that was so much better when Stone Cold did that. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. It's been going a long time. So it was enjoyable, and for me, because a fan since I was a child, I watched WrestleMania 1, right? Like, I remember watching it and running over to a neighbor's house because they had the only cable box that could get it. Yep. So watched WrestleMania 1, have seen every single one of them. Worked for the cable company for years, so I had to help like get them on the air for pay per views and stuff like that. Uh, to go and experience it was like boyhood dream come true. You know, cue the Vince McMahon line. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Um, did everything that we could. Went to access all day long. So we did not meet anyone. So the lines, uh, the way it works is, for you. yeah, so you got in line and what would happen was you'd get in line and they would swap out while you were in midline. Uh, the lines were See, really that's, long. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So we got in line to meet Beth Phoenix because we were going to have her sign her program. And we're like, oh, she's from Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. We're from Buffalo. We wanted to say hi. Uh, we're waiting in line. They swapped her out with Mick Foley. That's not bad. 
I have met Mick Foley so many times. Oh, never mind. That Mick, <laughs> Mick Foley knows my name. Uh, oh, okay. I sat and watched a baseball game with Mick Foley. So he probably doesn't remember that. But no, he he saw me at Mania and he was like, "Hey," and he's like, "It's that guy from Buffalo that follows me around everywhere." Uh, <laughs> so glad, we were in line and we got out of line. My daughters were in line to meet Alexa Bliss, and they're like, "Oh my god!" They swap out with Nia Jax. Everybody got out of line. Oh, it went Naya. from full, like full five rows of people waiting in line. Her coming up to the table to one row of people waiting. See, in that's there. a shame. It's not a shame. She's terrible. <laughs> um, and wait, hang on. You're She's terrible. One. Hang on. She's not a good wrestler. The guy who just said that that, that he hates people criticizing the product is going to crap on Nia Jax, who got called up too early from developmental because she's the Rock's cousin. Exactly, and she and she doesn't know how to take a bump. She uh, can't sell listen, for crap. Listen what? to this wrestling hipster over here. <laughs> Listen, my favorite guy is Chris Jericho, so I'm not a I'm not a, a hipster. I love Chris I love Chris Jericho. Okay, you can't not love Chris Jericho. So WrestleMania was fantastic. I had a good awesome. time. I went to the one in Toronto many years ago. Nice. Was that 18, 19? 18 or 19? 18. 18. 18. That was my only mania. I thought you said you'd never been to one. But I've been to a mania, I've been to a rumble. I've never been to a Survivor Series. Or a SummerSlam. I have not been to a Rumble, and that's our goal next year because it's the in Rumble is awesome. Yeah, you will have a good time. Yeah. Except uh, that's my favorite. Unless someone that you don't like wins in the, the yeah, it's still still a good time. Yeah, and you boo them, and they become Roman Reigns will really win. Awesome Roman Reigns, Reigns will win again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will. He'll, he'll win the next ten. No, just Nia Jax us. will win. It. <laughs> it will come down to Nia Jax and Roman Reigns, and Drew will leave for the park. Yeah, point. I would leave. Yeah. For me, it's Lucha or nothing. I like Lucha. Lucha's good. Lucha Chris has good. recently gotten back into it. I've gotten him hooked back into... Lucha's good. Uh, WWE. So. Uh, it, was, it wasn't you. <laughs> yes, it, I, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. I watched back in the Attitude Era, and then I fell off. What, oh, well, what, yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. What did it was the Hardy Boys coming back. That's right. That's what did it. Now, when you say when the Hardy Boys coming back, do you mean coming back to WWE, or do yeah. you mean the Broken Hardys? Coming back to WWE. Oh, well, I, I have some stuff to show you. I, sh- <laughs> I, I showed him a little bit because he's like, what's this delete stuff? I had to learn. It's the greatest thing they've ever done. <laughs> I had to learn all about it all over again. So it's, anyway. you know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, we know you got to get out of here. We really appreciate you stopping by. Folks, please check out uh, Under the Hood on Facebook. Come Nickel City Comic Con. Meet these guys. They're awesome guys. They do great work. Guys, thank you. thank you so much for stopping by. We thank really you. appreciate Thanks it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was great. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Cool. Anytime. All right. Once again, big thank you to John and Chris from Under the Hood. We really appreciate them giving us the time. Folks, check them out. About time to wrap it up with the... Uh, got a, As we started last week, new segment, closing statement. We have an answer Oh, last week's question. If you remember last week for our closing statement, our question was, what comics are you reading and why would you read them to that, to us? We have a question. We have an answer from Twitter from uh, at Duran underscore DD fan. I like DD it. DD is in Daredevil. Uh-huh. Well, he know. says, currently reading Dark Horse's Rebel series for a good historical fiction and images drifter because it's compelling space fantasy sci-fi. Cool. So thank you very much for that answer. Rebels and Drifter. Yes. All right. Noted. If you guys would like to 
ask us a question or answer the question of the week, which my esteemed colleague is going to be asking momentarily, uh, you can do so at the following social media outlets. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can go, you can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com or you can go to the Devil's Do Podcast.com where all these resources are available to you, which brings us to closing statements. Drew. Yes. What do you want to ask the people? All right. So, you know, we indulge our passions on this show. And uh, they usually involve comic books. Our last, our last one, our last question last week involved comic books. I have a comic book question for everyone. Comic. Uh, what video game would you most like to see adapted to a comic book? I know there are various ones out there, but let's put maybe some of the obvious ones aside, or maybe not. What what video game series or singular? Would you like to see in a comic book form? Hmm. Well, seeing as I already get my favorite video game series is a comic, Street Fighter. You comic do, yes, you do. Um, you know what? There was a Metal Gear Solid comic that came out years back. Oh boy, that had incredibly awesome artwork. Um, I never read it for a reason. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing our our Metal Gear series. Hope it comes with a decoder ring. <laughs> There's your question. Be Let sure us know. To drink your Ovaltine. That, that's yeah. Kojima trolling us all this time. That was that was the whole point of Metal Gear Solid. We just never knew it. All it, right. it wouldn't surprise me. All righty, folks. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Court is adjourned.